0: ourselves and for future generations a new world order a world where the rule of law not the law of the jungle governs the conduct of nations when we are successful and we will be we have a real chance at this new world order an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders people, and neither do we. They want us to leave. That's what they want us to do. And I think the world would be better off if we did leave. All righty,
1: folks. Welcome back to the Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. It is Friday, December 14th, 2007. I am your host, Ben Miller. I'm hanging here with my co-host, Tony Pax. Hello, Ben. And we also got Piath on the board hey, no. with the funny sound clips. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the latest news from uh, Daniel Estelon. And he was talking about the supposed plot to assassinate our beloved Ron Paul. Um, so we're definitely going to be taking your phone calls on that, and uh, we want to hear your opinions uh, for sure on that one. The the call-in number is at 914-613-3166. That is 914-613-3166. And uh, if you're afraid to call in or anything like that, feel free to uh, drop us an IM on AIM, and uh, the name is Animal Farm Show, all one word. Uh, and the it's also uh, Animal Farm Show for our Skype line, so if you want to call us on Skype or if you want to drop us an IM on Skype, feel free to do so. Uh, but we're going to start off here with this article, and the heading is uh, <laughs> CIA Torture Plane Crashes in uh, Mexico carrying four Tons of Cocaine.
0: Drugs what? and alcohol. Yeah. Why, why don't you,
2: actually, why don't you just read it one more time, Ben, just so people don't think they heard uh, something wrong there. It, it's, it's actually true. A CIA plane crashed.
1: CIA plane that was used for... Uh, um, uh, transferring people to countries where they could be tortured. Oh yeah, well of, you know of course. For a rendition was carrying four tons of cocaine. There's a God lot of stuff. Freedom. Yeah, me
2: too. <laughs> There's actually a lot of uh, news this week about about that, about waterboarding specifically, and the steps in in which uh, you know gets taken about that. What we actually we have some Fox News clips about that and. You know, we'll go over it, folks. But uh, there, there's a huge controversy about it, and uh, there was a segment on Fox News. Of course, it was Fox and Friends, where they interviewed some general, and the question was, you know, are Americans above torture? Shouldn't we be above it? Ah, uh, let's get to that. We'll I, get I, to. I, the, I know.
1: I, I, <laughs> I have a million things to say about that, but okay. Let's. I, I just want to let's go over the 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 CIA torture that that crashed. Well, first and has off, four man, tons of cocaine on board.
2: I want to say that it's good to have you back, and it's, it's great to uh, be, to be get back. get sentimental. You and Pyeth both. It was, it was real lonely last week. I was drinking by myself. I felt like a loser. Uh, and I'm glad you called in and all that, but it, it, first of all, it's it's good to have you guys back. So go ahead. Right. It's, it's excellent I'm to done. be back.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we do have this CIA torture plane uh, caught with four tons of cocaine aboard. Um, and this isn't, you know, every every so now and then a, a CIA plane or an American military plane will be caught with, you know, maybe like seven bags of ecstasy on board or, oh, like, yeah. you know, cocaine or they're constantly bringing in drugs into the country, but... This, uh, this one in particular, uh, the Florida-based Gulfstream two jet aircraft number nine or number N987SA crash landed on September twenty fourth, two 2007 after it ran out of fuel over Mexican's what? Yucatan Peninsula. It had a cargo of several tons of cocaine on board, and documents have turned up on both sides of the Atlantic that linked this cocaine-smuggling Gulfstream two jet aircraft that crashed in Mexico to the CIA, who used it on at least three rendition flights. Uh, from Europe and the USA to Guantanamo's infamous torture chambers between 2003 and 2005. If you don't know what rendition is, it's the practice of of exporting our torture. We we send our prisoners off to foreign countries where they boil people alive. And uh, And other
2: things that we won't mention. I heard something so terrible today, a version of torture. (laughs) Something along the lines of, uh, you know, I want to keep this as clean. Using battery acid, let's just leave it at that. I, I can't understand what A rape makes, with battery acid. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Ben. And I, you know, I, just, I don't even want to think Those about evil that. Those evildoers, much less realize that yes, it's happening, and uh, it's not just happening from our evil doers. Uh, yeah, Google the Bush. this
1: article if you don't believe us. CIA torture jet wrecks with four tons of cocaine. It's it's on the Daily Coast. It's got pictures of all the cocaine that they found and the wreck jets and. Uh, not a pretty sight but it's 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 very typical if you if you understand the way that our economy works and you understand the way that CIA works CIA works hand in hand with Wall Street and uses Wall Street as a, a basically a money laundering program and literally launders up to 500 billion dollars a year worth of worth of drug money of course, uh, in yeah. order to keep our economy afloat which is this is very sad but it's it's a it's a typical thing so they basically you know bring in the drugs laundry it for people. Then they uh, bust a 16-year-old kids with a gram of cocaine, put them in prison, sure. yeah. uh, make them do prison labor. And uh, we just have an, an entire prison economy based on that.
2: Yeah. Well, folks, I mean, where do you think the drugs are really coming from? Do you really think that, you know, legals are just putting it in, you know, bringing it in through the borders? Yeah, of course, that's part of it. Absolutely. No Our Mexican-United States border is, uh, is just a, a huge front uh, for trafficking of drugs, granted. But who's really behind the trafficking? And you know, if you don't think it's the, the government, I'm sorry to tell you that it is. George W. And this is just another shining example. And and Ben, perhaps the thing that that makes me more angry that it's actually happening and that they're caught is that uh, I would predict, and I'll make the prediction now, is this is going to fall into the memory hole uh, come six weeks from now, or even four weeks. You know, this is this this happened, and we're reading about you know we're reading about it in the newspapers now. And we're going to talk about it tonight. And then another month or two, yeah, it's going to be going to be caught with it. It's going to get lost, and and, you know, and this is something that should be addressed immediately. This is much bigger than uh, dare I say it than the baseball steroid controversy. I know everybody's wrapped up, you know, that oh my god, with the Pettit and Clemens. I mean, this is the every newspaper, every website right now. If you go to it, any uh, newspaper and any news website has on the front page something. About I know, these and baseball players are shipping
1: in tons of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, and our kids are getting locked up in yeah. jails when they're when they're a- too young to even know what's right and wrong. Central
2: intelligence says yeah, government institutions plane crashed with loads of illegal drugs, <laughs> cocaine.
1: Yeah. And I mean, okay, okay, four tons of cocaine. That's a lot of freaking cocaine. Okay, that, But that, at the same time, you know, if you if you look at a yearly type of thing, I was researching this, and, and it, I think it's about uh, – I think it, back in the year 2000, they estimated about 260 tons of cocaine is used in the United States every year, yeah, which is a lot. It's you a know, lot. Four, yeah. four, four uh, tons of cocaine, cocaine is not uh, that much compared to it, but in, in 1992, it was estimated to be about, I think, 450 or so. So it's going down in a big, big – Big level. So pr- right now, th- I'd say probably the um, average you know, year in America is, is probably uses about 100, 100 uh, at least 100 tons of cocaine a year. So four four tons isn't all that much, but come on, when the CIA gets caught really smuggling but, in four tons of cocaine, I mean, come on.
2: If a politician gets nabbed with a dime bag, it's a big deal, and I don't care what anybody else says. Yeah, I mean, the bottom yeah. line is that we, we, we deserve better and we should expect better out of our politicians and out of our government. And uh something like like I said, something like this happens, and you, you're not going to even hear about it. And I I haven't heard much about this on the mainstream news uh at all. You didn't hear anything. Nothing about because it. of everything else that's going on. All these big important issues, you know, like the Brad Pitt stories of the world, and like I said, with this base- baseball controversy now, this is never going to leave the newspapers. This is front and back page, Ben. And if you're a New Yorker, if you live in the tri-state area like I do and like we do. Uh, You know, it's even bigger news because, you know, the Yankee players and blah, 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 and all this garbage is jargon. And I know, I listen, I love baseball. I'm a huge sports fan. I love sports. Uh, but let's really put our priorities in order here, folks. Let's start talking about what really affects us here. Uh, anybody who has kids or anybody who's grown up, you know, this is what's going on. Drugs are being brought into the country by government, our government, not some foreign government
1: and then you see the war on drugs you know with exactly. which, which constantly is locking up people left and right and uh, you know and then they and then they get caught bringing in the drugs and then the news doesn't even report it And I mean, any, what the hell
2: absolutely a- anyone familiar with the work of George Carlin uh, i'm sure has heard the bit where he was talking about the war on this and the war on drugs and the war on this and uh, he goes into eventually say that you know there's no war on homelessness because there's no way for the corporate swine to make a profit off of it and i think he makes yeah. a good point but yeah every time we well, have a, every time we have a that's problem a in this country and it just just to kind of paraphrase what Carlin said, every time we have a problem in this country, we declare war on it. Okay, we have the war on the drug, you know, the drug cartels, war on drugs. And there's no war. There's Nothing's being done about it. It's not getting any better. Well, here's Uh, the thing. Every time they declare a war on
1: something, it increases in that. So you declare a war on drugs, and then there's more drugs in the country. Exactly. And then you declare a war on poverty, there's more poverty. Declare a war on illiteracy, more illiteracy. Declare a war on terror. More terror. You know, it's a a, a very simple thing. Every time they... uh, declare a war on something that means yeah. that they want more of
2: it everything uh, most of everything that you hear out of out of politicians when it whether it's bill making or policy making it's always double speak it's always blue is red and white is white is black and peace is war and and, and uh, you know you etcetera etcetera. you understand what i'm talking about um And like you said, Ben, every time there's a war declared on something, nothing gets done. In fact, it gets worse. And you have to start scratching your head and asking these questions about why. And when something like this, uh, something like this happens, when the CIA gets... You know, caught with this. I I don't know what else to say about it, but um, I hope they
1: declare war on Ron Paul. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think they.
2: I think I think that in their own sense they have, but yeah, they haven't openly declared. It's the same. You know, and it seems to be the same thing. And anybody who's a teacher out there, call in and clarify this. But anything uh, regarding education, specifically talking about No Child Left Behind. Oh Christ! And that means the exact opposite. And I'm not going to go on a rant. I I went to school for teaching, so I I was you know firsthand uh, dealing with this and understanding and learning about it. But yeah, no. Child left behind basically means children left behind for numerous hey, reasons, kids. and it's not just about you know it's not just about cutting gym and art uh, you know to uh, to to better their math skills. Our, our test scores are miserable, Ben. We're, we're becoming a, a ridiculously stupid nation. Oh yeah, it's not my opinion, I, and I'm 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 ashamed of it.
1: I mean, it's it's well, it's a shame because every single war that's declared is actually really a war on us. If you think of about course. it, you know what I mean. I got this article right here, um, <laughs> and this is. Um, this is really bad too. Uh, oh man, the the headline is "No good deed goes unpunished" in New York. <clears throat> and in in New York, it oh, seems yeah. that police officers are trying to entice good Samaritans into breaking the law. Maybe there aren't there aren't enough crooks on the street, so they have taken to turning people who are perhaps trying to do a good deed into criminals. Have you ever seen a lost wallet or misplaced a purse and picked it up with the intent of returning it to its owner? Well, you should be aware that you may be k- committing a crime. <laughs> Plainclothes police officers have been planting purses in department stores and then watching to see who would pick them up. In one Macy's store, three people were arrested when they picked up the purses. <laughs> these people, <laughs> <laughs> these, these people who could not easily intend, yeah. who could have easily intended to return the bags, now face being indicted on charges that could send them to state prison. Worship. Nine months ago, the police orchestrated a similar plot named Operation Lucky Bag, but luckily enough, prosecutors and judges had the sense to shut them down. There was great concern that the operation did not take into account the people who intended to return the bags, and that everyone who picked up a bag was considered a criminal regardless of their intentions. Can you
2: believe this, uh, Ben? If you're asking the wrong guy. Yes, of course I can believe. It. With all the stuff going on today, you know there was a there was there was a story about you know some guy giving CPR to someone and they you know, cracked their rib. And the guy's taking him to, to court now. Oh, Christ. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's just like, yeah, you know, and uh, you know, it, it, and I think we spoke about this earlier, maybe two or three shows ago, where you know, our country in particular, um, we're becoming a society that spies on one another and tattletales on one another, and and we're certainly. Missing the bigger picture, where um, we're supposed to work together. That the citizens of the country are supposed to be unified, and, and if if we were, even if we were closely unified in some regard, uh, none of this stuff would be able to go on. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be able to uh, to take place. Um, but unfortunately, now it's it's. Oh well, I saw him do this, and I'm telling on this, and and it's just it's it's completely backwards. If you ask me, Ben, and I, I'm not not happy about it at all. Got to look after one another. I look know- after your neighbor. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I know the
0: human being and fish can coexist
2: peacefully. <laughs> we got an instant message
1: here from uh, Teresa. And she Hello, says, Teresa. And she says, are you kidding hey, me? Hey, baby. Starting September, New Jersey is going to require flu shots for preschoolers.
2: This is another thing, too, Ben. I, I wanted to speak about this when we had our uh, – not last week, the no! two weeks before. There's a lot of – There are a lot of articles coming out now. There's a lot of stories now about vaccines, and I spoke about this with a couple of my family members, and I have been talking to my friends and and close ones. Um, There's a lot of issues with these vaccines, and I I think you know to sum it up, the general story here is that a lot of children, babies, kids, adolescents, teenagers, um, who are so called required to get these shots. Are getting sick, and I, maybe we'll pull up an article uh, when we get back from the break or something. I, I have to try to find it, but there's a huge controversy, and um, what's going on? A lot of schools now are using truancy laws, yeah, and they're they're very um, they're very persistent in their actions. They're a lot of Parents actually believe that it's a law to get these vaccines, and there actually is no law. The schools can't make the parents give their children vaccines. Uh, Plus, there's also ways to get out of the vaccines altogether if you use religious or health reasons. But uh, through truancy laws, which deals with parents, the responsibility for parents to have to make sure that their kids or children go to school for X amount of days. In other words, I think uh, some truancy laws in this in this state, New York, after five consecutive days, if there's nothing accounted for truancy laws can be used yeah. in parents and parents get in trouble Great. so no, it's,
1: um, it's it's pretty crazy and i was talking to rob revere about this uh and rob revere has like a thousand babies <laughs> and he <laughs> and he is like none of his children are vaccinated you know and supposedly i don't, I don't blame you know, him he was he, I, I don't blame him either you know my my daughter's vaccinated and i <laughs> i wish i hadn't you know if i had known when yeah. when she was little i'd never would have no. done it um but rob revere you know has has you know a million babies and he he supposedly didn't vaccinate any of them and he was telling me how you know how incredibly healthy they are and stuff like that and uh you know I just there's something going on with the vaccines man there's there's something going on with our with our just the way that we're living our health in general you know whether it's the food whether oh, it's the a water of, yeah, a whether it's the vaccines maybe it's all maybe it's a maybe it's death by a thousand needles maybe it's all a little bit of all of them yeah. uh, but there's something really going on that's 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 totally messed up
2: um, uh, yeah, we we could do an entire show just on on health uh, health threats and you know you just try to get a healthy meal in this country and good luck uh, g- you know give me a call let me know where I uh, can find no, one. There's no chance. <laughs> hell, I mean you know. even if you're not I mean granted and we're not just talking just vegetarian eaters. I mean generally those people are very healthy with their habits. But you know you go to a gas station you want to get something healthy. Good luck. You go to a supermarket it's it's not easy. But and I don't want to delve too deep into this Ben. But uh, one of the big theories. And uh, you know, what's going on, one of the big issues with vaccines is that um, a lot of people believe that the mercury, uh, or if uh, if not some other chemicals in these vaccines, are causing autism. I personally believe that. And yeah, mercury is not good for you. Yeah. When you. when you remember back in science class, if you broke a thermometer, they said, get away from the thermometer because the mercury they can evacuate kill you. the entire yeah, they used school, to va- you know? Well, they used to evacuate the, the classroom. And the first thing that they taught us was never, you know, don't drop the thermometer. If you do, get away. Yeah. Because mercury can kill you. It's a toxic... Because it'll chase after you, like terminated. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and then you and then you look and you find out that, that mercury is in the vaccines. Yeah. And we're not just talking about children's vaccines. We're talking about flu vaccines for the general population. Makes you scratch your head. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and one more thing on this, Ben, before we go on to the next topic. But if, and this is interesting, one of the biggest pop icons, I'd say, in the mid to late 90s was Jenny McCarthy. And she was all over TV, TV, and she was the Britney Spears Maybe. of that time and thank thankfully for her sake she wasn't, you know, destroyed like she Britney didn't Spears. Is, her head. But um I saw a special with Jenny McCarthy on television. She's still hot. How's she looking? She's she's very beautiful. I mean, right. she's she's a very beautiful woman. Right. But yeah. <laughs> we'll have that conversation off air. <laughs> no, but I th- I th- what's going on is she had one of her she had her child vaccinated, and her child's I think I think her child's got autism. And she's leading the. No! she is actually, out. and I and don't quote me, folks. It might have been it may be a different syndrome. I don't know off the top of my head, but she is a huge advocate for. Looking into these vaccines, I mean, and I guess I guess the layman, the, the general person out there would say, "What you know, what the hell are you guys talking about? Vaccines are there to prevent disease. And of course, yes, I understand that. And that's the obvious point of vaccines. But the problem is truly that vaccines are causing issues. And that is uh, a, a huge concern.
1: And not to be a negative Nancy here, but if you, you know, look at the water and look at fish that we eat just in our food, there's, it's been shown that there's a massive amount of mercury in the fish that we're eating. Um, and, and it's just... You know, mercury is not good for you, folks.
2: I don't care who you are. I've actually had debates, but, I, I, you know, I don't understand what keeps people dumb. I mean, I, I've I've spoken to mercury. <laughs> I guess it is mercury, but I've spoken to, to former co-workers about stuff, and I've, you know, briefly, one time I remember touching upon the, the mercury thing, and I spoke to uh, this fellow about it, and, you know, he's like, well, you know, I've never actually seen any evidence about the mercury and how it's linked to autism. And I'm just sitting there saying, you know, what the hell? What do you have to do to these people? It's a very simple fact. Mercury is not good for you. It should never be put into your body in any possible way. It shouldn't be ingested, and it shouldn't be shot into a vein, right? Well, basically, so,
1: you know, if you, haven't seen, if you haven't seen the evidence on mercury, you ha- you're not looking hard enough.
2: That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, common sense. Let's just get back to common sense. Stuff that we learned while we were growing up from ages 1 to 8 or whatever. Hopefully, we learned common sense. It's a very simple thing. You know, uh, simple things like mercury is toxic. It's a toxic element. We've learned all all of us learn that in school. It's like radiation is toxic. It's a simple thing. You know, we all know these types of things. But then if we try to put in, put them in political perspective and talk about vaccines and possible uh, issues, and, and you know, I don't have the facts off, t- off the top of my head, but I know that autism has risen at an astronomical rate, Ben, and it's not just uh, it's not just down south. Apparently, New Jersey. I believe, is the top... It, everywhere. I believe New Jersey has the highest rate of autism, uh, um, the increase in autism cases. So, <coughs> But ultimately, you cannot
1: go anywhere without seeing That's an autistic child. Now, you can't go to the... You can't go to school and well, without seeing an autistic yeah. child, or go to the mall, or anything no. They're everywhere now. It's, what is what's the odds right now? I think last year in 2006 it was one in 72. I heard something even around. More now. I
2: even heard something even worse than that. And, you know, when, when you think about it, it was
1: 126. By was
2: it one in 126? I hear different numbers. Oh,
1: t- 1 in 216. Oh, that's an old number, man. Yeah, that's I, old. I, First of all, that's even if I that was
2: even if that's today's God. number. You have to understand that's that's a ridiculous ridiculously high increase, number. Increase,
1: yeah, it's a it's a crazy increase because it used to be like you know what it used to be one in ten thousand or so, and now it's at you know now I believe I'm I'm pretty sure it was it it was one in two sixteen, then it went down to one hundred and thirty two like the year after that. And now it's like one seventy two. Like by by twenty twenty, like one third of the world is going to be autistic. What the hell?
2: Yeah, I mean th- there's a cost for this, folks. Let's I mean, stop we're just being be naive. A, bu-
1: a bunch of bumbling retards walking around the earth groaning to each other. <laughs>
2: This, this wasn't. Well, this wasn't going on. Retarded. This wasn't going on thirty years ago. It wasn't going on eighty years ago. It wasn't really going on twenty years ago. And you don't need to be, uh, eighty-five years old to realize this stuff. It's really common knowledge. And you know, we're already getting off on a rant. Uh, you know, the basic line here, folks, is that things are things are bad. Things are not good. Uh, we're upset about it. We want to try to inform everybody listening to this show, and you know, and get you mad. Yeah, we want to get you mad, but we also want you to participate and give us a call. 914-613-613. Three one six six. You can Skype us at Animal Farm Show, with uh, which is one word there, and also instant message us at AIM Animal Farm Show. And once again, the number is 914-613-3166. Tell us where we're wrong. You know, we haven't had someone disagree with us really ultimately yet. We want people to disagree. We want to get your take out there because it's not us. Uh, we're not going to make the difference. It's going to be you. We're coming up to the first break. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show. Ben Miller, Tony Pax, and Pieth We'll be right back after this short break.
4: Just when you think there is no hope alive, you find out that there is an alternative news source to turn to. Revere Radio Network, keeping the dream of sovereignty and freedom alive for all.
2: Revere Radio Network. The views and opinions
0: expressed in the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Revere Radio Network. Rob Revere, or any other host on the network. They are the personal thoughts and feelings of the host given the presentation. We support total free speech here at Revere Radio Network, even when it's ugly. Enjoy.
5: Hey, you're listening to Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned.
1: If you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, dial 914-613-3166. Yeah, go ahead and finish up. Finish up!
0: The idea is to try to help change the Middle East. Now look, I did, part of the reason we went into Iraq uh, was... Uh, the main reason we went into Iraq at the time was we thought he had weapons of mass destruction. It turns out he didn't, but he had the capacity to make weapons of mass destruction. But I also talked about the human suffering in Iraq, and I also talked the need to advance a freedom agenda. And so my, question, my answer to your question is, is that imagine a world in which Saddam Hussein was there, stirring up even more trouble in a part of the world... That uh, had so much resentment and so much hatred that three that, that people came and killed three thousand of our citizens. You know, I, I've heard this theory about you know everything was just fine until we arrived, and you know kind of the, the you know, stir up the hornet's nest theory. It just it just doesn't hold water as far as I'm concerned. The terrorists attacked us and killed three thousand of our citizens before we started the freedom agenda in the Middle East. They were. What did Iraq have to do with
1: what? The attack on the World Trade Center. Nothing. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. I got to say I feel like a freaking idiot because (laughs) somebody dropped me an IM here at Animal Farm Show, all one word on uh, AIM. Somebody dropped me an IM. I thought it was another AOL spam and I closed it. So I'm very sorry. Uh, if you're listening, drop me another IM. I'm very sorry about that.
2: And once again, folks, if you do call, just to reiterate, I know many of you have heard this, uh, but if you do call, 914-613-3166, if you call us and you hear the show in your little earpiece there, that means you're on the air. Just be patient. We'll get to you. Uh, little rant there, Ben. You know, we were talking off the air about just, you know, all these things that are going on and I think, uh, a lesson to be learned, or at least one point that I wanted to make is, you know, we're doing this show because our breaking point pretty much has been reached. We're we're trying to give as much back as we can and trying to make some kind of difference uh, because we feel that things are bad enough, if not really, really bad, and we're just trying to do our part. So, um, you know, there, there it is in I'm the nutshell. you sick of all of yep. them. There you go, Alex. This is a well.
1: film. <laughs> well, Teresa dropped us another IM, too, and also had said that uh, – Jenny McCarthy hey, wrote, wrote a book on her experiences of uh, watching her two and a half year old son regress into autism after she did. an MMR shot. She um, She went. She was on the View talking about it. Yeah, and, no. Uh, she's.
2: She's. I'll tell you the truth. Look, I mean, and and it's not that I'm commending her. Any mother who ga- who gives a damn about her child would would do the same thing. But I do give her credit. You know, she is in the spotlight. And yeah, I, the little clip that I did see. I think it was off CNN when she was interviewed. Is um, she made it a very Distinct point, very strong point that if she ever has another child, they will not be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And Ben, you know, I was. um, Well, you
1: know what? Her child's not going to be allowed into the public school. And, uh, you know, she'll have to stay at home and and homeschool the child. And, uh, you know, she won't be allowed into our society pretty much.
2: Just just imagine. Just try to imagine. And, you know, granted, Ben, you have you have a child. I don't. Uh, I can't understand what it really, you know, is. It feels like, but just imagine if you have a, a child and that child gets sick because of a vaccine that you thought, as a parent, it was required to get. And I think we do. Uh, need I think we have a responsibility to have a show. We we need to have a show on vaccines. We need to start bringing a little bit more light to the subject because I think some people who are listening might not know the whole story. And certainly I don't know the whole story. I just know a little bit. Uh We got we got to bring some light onto this. Yeah, I, I, I think it's important. I'm glad you brought it up. Can't
1: imagine it. I cannot possibly imagine it. Well, it was Teresa that brought it up, and and I thank you for doing so, Teresa. Thank you, but Teresa. I can't, I can't imagine that. As, as it's a, sick. A, thank as you. a father watching your watching your son to, or, or your daughter, you know, get a vaccine and then. <laughs> and then all I of mean, a sudden they go into a seizure and become autistic like what the heck can you i, I mean it's just for as a parent for me it's like my daughter has a, a cold or a headache or a, or a fever or something and i break down and turn into a little whimpering fool <laughs> and it's and and just i couldn't imagine that yeah I mean, well it's
2: you know just, we, some of us actually have unconditional love you know and not to get all soft on you but geez i mean you know we, we care about each other we care about our friends and our family and uh like I said, the breaking point is different for every man and, and woman, but uh, for the most part, it, we're reaching it right now.
1: I mean, it's 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 crazy. Um, need more <clears throat> need more whip and uh, drop me an instant message. And we're gonna be talking about the elite coming up, and we're gonna be talking about the elite that, sure. uh, and their plans to assassinate Ron Paul or. So so forth. Uh, Daniel Estulin came forward and he had stated that um, from his inside sources at the Bilderberg Group that the uh, very inner, inner inner circles were talking about assassinating Ron Paul. Well, they didn't say assassinate. They said quote unquote remove Ron Paul. <laughs> 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 they want to kill us, which I guess is a is a you know nice way of putting assassinate. But um you uh, know one of these insiders is Bertrand Russell and need more need more whip. Drop me in some message with a Bertrand Russell quote uh, which has to do with what we're talking about. And it's just an incredible quote. Uh, he says, Diet, injections, and injunctions will combine from a very early age to produce the sort of character and the sort of beliefs that the authorities consider desirable and any serious criticism of the powers that will become psychologically empower- impossible. Mm. So we have Bertrand Russell um, uh, need more help? Drop me, drop me an I am on, and and let me know when he said this. If this, because I'm curious to see how long ago this was, this was planned. I know that you know we have documents dating back to the early 1900s. Uh, from the education system, where they basically had said that they want to turn all Americans into bubbling idiots, and, and want to uh-huh. turn us into, basically, slaves. They said, we have too many politicians, we have too many poets, we have too many musicians, uh, now we need people that can that can be a part of a, an assembly line no for child. our little elite group.
2: No child left it's behind. It's
5: like we're all retarded now! No, no yeah. child
2: left behind, Ben, like we were talking about before, and uh, first off, just going back to the whole Ron Paul thing, we'll get to some Ron Paul news later, but that would be a tremendous mistake. That's something that you don't want to do. Well, I think they
1: were discussing it. I think they were saying, <laughs> "Do we want to? Do we want to take Ron Paul out? Naturally, if we do, if we do take Ron Paul out, is it going to go against us? Is it going to? Is it going to backfire? Is he going to be a martyr? Are people going to start coming to our houses and popping off triggers? or you know?
2: Not, not yeah, and not to delve into like the V for Vendetta, you know, ideology or the V for Vendetta thinking, but. Ron Paul is a symbol I mean it's the truth I mean he, he symbolizes it's not just a guy who's extremely intelligent and a great man and a great politician it's more than that <laughs> <laughs> Ron Paul is a symbol he, he symbolizes everything that is good preach it brother with america and americans american people and it's just the yang conquering the ying at this point we need ron paul but it's not just ron paul he's inspired well, who was the guy who said ben and you could probably give me his name who was the guy who coined the slogan ron paul cured my apathy and i'm sorry i don't remember the name i just no, saw No, i don't know
1: i never heard you, that you never
2: that heard story. that well we're gonna look it up during a break and i forgot the name and i apologize i know people out there are probably screaming it oh this guy came up with a slogan recently saying Ron Paul cured my apathy. He wasn't a political guy. He never voted once in any election.
1: Was he, that Trevor Lyman that uh I don't remember that the name started him. the uh, 4 million dollar a day Ron no, Paul I don't
2: campaign. think that I don't know. I I won't say cuz I just don't know. I don't want to make any more mistakes that I've already made already the show, but he came up with that slogan and, and just the fact that he, you know Ron Paul's turned a man who never even cared about politics into an not only an advocate but a, a, a super advocate, an uber advocate, someone who's making a real difference. That's what is going on. For- Thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's We're going to win th- Mississippi.
2: <laughs> we're going to win Georgia. No, I'm not going to start. I apologize for that. That was cheap. Need I'm more better web, than that. Uh, need more you rep, know something? Uh,
0: not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina <laughs> and Oklahoma and Arizona <laughs> and North Dakota and New Mexico. Woo! We're going to California hey! and Texas and New York.
5: Yes, 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 yes. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington <laughs> and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! <laughs> I've oh heard that God. so long. That's that's, so awesome. that's the best punchline
2: <laughs> to any joke I've ever heard. When <laughs> when oh saying, my God! Oh, that man
1: is sick. Need more whip? <laughs> drop me an instant message. And he, uh, this was actually in Bertrand Russell's book, "The Impact of Science on Society." He wrote in 1953. That was on page 49 to 50. And I'm going to read this quote one more time, just because it's yeah. It's, go ahead, Ben. Uh, it's yep. it's. Uh, heavy hitting he says diet injections and injunctions will combine from a very early age to produce the sort of character and the sort of beliefs that the authorities consider desirable and any serious criticism of the powers that be will become psychologically impossible i think we're halfway halfway there tone
2: well, I think uh the the goal of dumbing down Americans has been extremely effective and I don't think it's it's hap- it's started any time in the I last mean, 30 years. I think it's been going on for about 70 years now.
1: I'm aware of what's going on and 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 having criticism of the authorities right now is psychologically hard for me. Of course, of course it is. is. I constantly revert back to, oh no, I'm just tripping, or oh no, I'm just cynical, or oh no, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just a negative Nancy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But uh, you know, that's that's what we've come to. You know, they've been they've been having this this basic social social engineering for the past hundred years. Um, The 1950s is where it really picked up. Um, But you know, being being born in this world, it's 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 even hard for me to. To uh, criticize the powers that be, as well, I mean, Burt you know, and Russell says
2: absolutely, and, and nobody, George W. Nobody wants to believe that their government is not just corrupt but extremely—I don't want to use the word evil because evil means something different. Everybody, but yeah, evil, I mean, evildoers, extremely evil. corrupt. You know, no one wants to believe that their government could possibly attack their own people. No one wants to believe that the government would um, specifically put, uh, you know, toxins in vaccines that do these. Inhumane things, because we all think that oh, you know our politicians granted they're corrupt and all, but you know they're they're not going to do that to their own citizens that's ridiculous um well, you know if you want to believe that, then fine, then go on and and do what you have to do well, i think
1: I think you know one of the hardest things to uh to believe is that you know that that they the elite human beings that are basically running our society are are really as far reaching as they are into our into every aspect of our lives into every organization that really uh that really uh runs things essentially you know the FDA the FCC the uh the FBI the CIA the White House the politicians i mean they have tentacles in every single arm of our government every single organization that's um in our government you know so it's 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 pretty pretty crazy. And I think that's one of the hardest things for poli- pe- people to believe, but if you look at organizations out there like the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission and the Bilderberg group, yeah, and you especially. look at there, you look at their member lists, you see you see people in every single organization. You see people from the New York Times, you see you see Diane Sawyer who's on TV, you see Anderson Cooper, you see all the people that you see on tv that are members of these organizations which stated goal is to take down the united states and to and to destroy its sovereignty yeah
2: and i think i think the and
1: i think one of the reasons about ron paul and i'm sorry to interrupt no i got you one of the reasons about ron paul is that ron paul makes you understand what it feels like to be an american again you know he makes you understand that it's good to be an american america means something it's always meant something and these bastards that are trying to destroy it are not right they're not Bunch right
2: of at scum, all. absolutely and uh, absolutely i don't think I could say anything better than what you've just said, but I, I, just to add on there, I think uh one, like like that slogan goes uh, ron Paul, cured my apathy it's not just apathy it's 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 trying to help people unlearn what they've been taught. This idea that you know we're invincible, we're America, and it's totally okay if we sit at home and watch football every Sunday and not pay uh, you know any attention to government, government officials, politicians, or any current events. You know that's the other thing too. When you talk of uh, to someone about politics, just the word politics comes in mind, and once you even tell someone uh, or or mention that word, they get you know they get turned off immediately. They can tell you. Any stat of any baseball player or football player, they can tell you who won the 63 Olympics. They can tell you who won the World Series in 85. But, you know, you try to talk to them and say, well, who's, you know, Secretary of Defense? And they have no idea, and this is not just a coincidence. Yeah, they
1: could could tell you how many milligrams of, of steroids... Barry Bonds injected to his ass cheek, they can't (laughs) tell you, they cannot tell you how... Thank you for that visual there, (laughs) Ben. They can't tell you who who the (laughs) vice president of the United States is. I mean, this is not
2: a coincidence. This is not uh, just something that just happened by chance. Yeah, I understand baseball is extremely fun and interesting, and I agree, and sports in general, I'm a huge sports fan, like I always say, but at the same time, there there was also a time in this country where people would talk about politics and have the same enthusiasm and, and passion. Well, it's natural because it affects you. I mean... Even if you're the biggest diehard sports fan and your team loses in the World Series, I mean, is that really worse than your child getting sick off a vaccine? I mean, where the hell have our priorities gone? Yeah. In the drain. It's all Gone, retarded. down the toilet. And, and, and again, I want to be fair. I think a lot of Americans are waking up, and the more you realize... Um, The more you see the success of Ron Paul, the more you realize, yes, this is, it's real, first of all. It's much more than just a man running for president now, in my humble opinion. But more, more than that even, uh, this is not going to stop with the election that's going to come up in about 380-something days. This is for, this is going to stay. People are waking up. People are seeing what it really means to, to find out, you know, there's a real politician that's, that's not corrupt out there. Someone who's actually going to lead us in the right direction for the first time in, 50 60 maybe more years. Absolutely. And I really want to
1: hear right now. I want to hear from people. And I want them to call in cuz I want to I want to know what everybody's thinking out there. I'm going to give out the number real quick. It's Go ahead. 914-613-3166. That's 914-613-3166. And I want to hear from everybody what's going to happen after Ron Paul, whether he gets elected or whether he doesn't, whether he gets knocked off or whether he doesn't. That's what I want to hear because this this is just the start of it you know this is yeah, this is not the end of it this is not you know if ron paul loses it's not the end man it's the beginning it's a complete beginning and and we were we were talking about this you know earlier where you know ron paul is just a, literally a vessel he's not he's not anything particularly special yes he's very good at what he does yes he's a very nice man he's able to portray his his way of thought and his message extremely well but he's not the focal point of this of this movement it 's not like if if we lose Ron Paul, this movement's not going to end in and, the slightest yeah. bit. I mean this is that we 're taking steam. The only thing that Ron Paul was is ron paul was a was <clears throat> the vehicle in which our message was getting forward, and he was the focal point where we could focus all our thoughts and all our energy on that 's what he is yeah,
2: I mean all you have to do is listen to this man speak and, and immediately you 're going to hear something you 've never heard you 're going to hear. A way of speaking not this thumb up pointing out to the crowd i'm gonna fix i'm gonna fix no no, no. he gives you the facts he opens up your mind um but you know uh, more than that you listen to this guy and you realize okay yeah now i now i kind of see what's going on this guy's not full of it he's not just blowing wind up uh you know or blowing steam out of his head whatever slogan i don't want to use for, for cussing purposes at this point but um you know, uh, one thing, Ben, that I want to talk about, last Sunday I did go to the Jets game. Like I said, I'm, I am a huge sports fan. Uh, walking into Giants Stadium, even though the Jets were playing that day, they, they were home. Did scan you? No, 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 Ben. This this is a story that uh, is actually a very positive one and, and you know, kind of almost like the story that will bring a tear to your eye. I'm walking Good. into Giants Stadium uh, with with my girlfriend and a bunch of uh, her, her friends, you know, her some of her relatives. And, you know, you see people throwing their beer bottles away and, you know, they're getting searched to go in the thing and they're J-E-T-S, you know, jetting the chant. I see a guy with a Ron Paul sign. Oh, amen. Ron Paul for president, the the blue sign. I look at him, I go up to him, I, you know, I uh, I give him a high five and, you know, it's just, to me, it just makes me realize I've never, I've been to a hundred thousand sporting events in almost every different sport. I've never seen, ever, anybody toting a, a, a political sign, ever. Not even a pro-life approach. Never, ever, 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 Dude,
1: ever. There's a connection there, man. I was driving down the street on my way to work one day, and this freaking guy pulls up next to me because I have a Ron Paul bumper sticker on the back of my car. Right. <laughs> he pulls up next to me and starts honking his horn. Right. He looks over to the right at me. He's like, yeah, Ron Paul. He puts his fist up. It's, and <laughs> it's, it's incredible. There's, there's this connection. you know, Me and my girlfriend went... Uh, Went to uh, uh, my daughter had a had a Christmas pageant at our church, right? And I saw a Ron Paul sticker on the on the back of uh one of the cars in the parking lot. You're and I'm, <laughs> I'm cheering, you know. Yeah. I'm like, woo, yeah, Ron Paul, you know. I'm all excited and stuff. And I'm sure the guy, if the guy saw my bumper sticker, he would have been all excited too. But there's a there's a connection there. There's right. a a revolutionary connection, a uh, an American connection, I guess. That really just takes you back to what it truly is to be like an, an actual American, you know?
2: Yeah, and, and you know, and we're you know we're. We're kind of flinging off into the patriot, uh, patriot type talk, and I love it. I mean, it 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 really does make me. It it brings a a nice sense of relief. I mean, and I've I've tingles. Well, I've said a hundred times on this show and 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 outside of this show, I've said a hundred times that Ron Paul is our last hope. And now I think I'm I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world because now I'm saying, well, yeah, but. There's also a lot more than just the fact of getting this man into yeah, office. Yeah, maybe he's our first hope. There's no way they're popping this guy in the head. There's no way they're going to get rid of him. It's not happening. I Ben, God help them. God help them if they even think of doing something like that cuz that's when that's when I do something uh, even worse. We are getting a call from our beloved legal correspondent Charles Ratner. Uh, Charles, can you hear us? Uh, I can't. Charles, how are you? Oh, hold on. Sure. I, intro music for Charles. <laughs> Those of you listening, you've uh, heard Charles Ratner on the show before. Once again, our beloved legal correspondent, Charles. What do you have to say uh, about our endless rants of Ron Paul? What What are you calling uh, about tonight?
4: Well, I just got to say, first of all, you got to stop dissing my boy Howard Dean. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's not your boy, is it, Rat? Now,
4: listen, you know, you know, oh, I, you know, Howard Dean's guy's fault, and obviously, there's a, his his fall from grace is rather tragic, but. What is uh, it? There's a lot of there's a lot of parallels between what's happening with, with Ron Paul now and how Howard Dean got his whole start because just like Ron Paul Howard Dean was an outsider, just like Ron Paul he didn't agree with all of the basic principles of his party, um, just like Ron Paul he didn't have a lot of money to start and he raised most of it on the internet and he drew internets. attention for the first time to how the internet can, uh, can help help uh, grassroots politics.
1: Well, I heard I read um, Joe Treppy's book. Who uh, Joe Treppy was? Ron Paul's? Uh, I'm sorry. Joe Treppy was Howard Dean's campaign manager and was sort of um, quote unquote the man responsible for the internet movement or whatever. And uh, I read an article that was actually very funny. And Joe Treppy was was um, uh, talking about the Ron Paul campaign and how it related to the to the Howard Dean campaign. And basically, Joe Treppy had said that the Ron Paul campaign and its use of the internet is like the Howard Dean campaign on crack. He had said. How oh no, is, it's definitely gone to the next stuff.
4: level, but, uh, Everything's got a foundation, and, a, and I think you have
2: to bow to Howard Dean for that. Yeah, no, and, and Charles, not to not to give you the wrong impression, we weren't, uh, you know, we've never bashed Howard Dean on the show. I think we just we we made a, a cheap joke, and it was know, it man, was. I don't really like him. No, well, I mean, I've never, serious. I tell you, I've never heard him say anything that I've disagreed with, but I, you know, at the same time, Charles, I just think
1: like, he's partisan. That's why I don't like him.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and granted, there are some things that Obama says that I agree with. There's some things that Mitt Romney has said that I agree with, but at the same yeah. time, I yeah, scary. I know, and uh, and the same could be said about Mike Huckabee, and, and and I can name a couple of the politicians, but I won't.
3: If all that were proven true, I think that would be a not very her. serious thing. <laughs> not <kind>
2: her, of- <laughs> no, no, not, not the devil woman, but <laughs> at the same time, uh, Charles, I mean, and even though you can draw parallels between the success that Howard Dean has had, I, and, and granted, even though that Ron Paul has had the internet, uh, I just don't know if we could even... Put the two in the same ballpark. It's not, and I've I've even heard Ron Paul being compared to Ross Perot because of the, the spoiler factor. People still in the mainstream media have not given this guy enough credit, like him or not. Uh, this is not Howard Dean. He's not, you know, any other uh, third party candidate. He's not Ross Perot. Ron Paul is is rarely mentioned on the mainstream media. He's being left out of internet polls. He's being left out of telephone polls. He's not even getting any coverage at all, and he's got. Um, army, an army of supporters—not just people supporting him with pins and buttons and signs. Not he's but, got a he's got a blimp. And well, what,
4: what you're saying, what you're saying, Tony, is exactly what we were saying during the Howard Dean campaign, which I took part in. And uh, you know, I mean, everything you're saying now is exactly what we were saying. Why aren't we getting media coverage? And when we finally did, it was just yee-haw six hundred and fifty times in a night. Yeah, you know, so.
2: I think the other thing too, uh, Charles. Uh, right.
4: It's just just like, just like the, the the evolution of music, the evolution. You know, this, this is the next evolution of of internet politics is, is what Ron Paul's harnessed into. And granted, it it's a, it's a brand new wave, and it's much bigger, and it's going to have a much bigger impact. Yeah. And and I hope it carry. I hope it can carry him forward in, in a in a big way. I think. Uh, yeah. I think Ron Paul's message, and more importantly, the people he's turned on to his message. Um, are what America needs as a cure to what's been going on in this country in the past four seven years?
2: Absolutely, and, and just, I'm absolutely adamantly opposed to that. Absolutely, and, and and just Charles, just to add on what you said, and I agree with what you just said. You know, your last statement there, and just to add on, I mean the benefit of of having the internet for Ron Paul. now granted, it was all it's all, everybody's really supporting him from the grassroots, and you know when he speaks, he's always talking about how people are doing so much, and he's so surprised about it. But I mean, he benefits off of the internet because of the the ability and the support and the you know YouTube and you have all the video capability now where Howard he never had that. But yeah, I mean you know the bottom line is that um, there are X amount of candidates right now, um, and, and if anybody out there and Charles you included anybody if anybody can argue why Ron Paul isn't the best choice for America when thinking about how America was founded and what the idea of America is supposed to be if anybody can say why Ron Paul is not the best choice I really want you to call in because I got to hear it nine one four six one three Three one six six, uh, Ben. And you know we've talked about this before. You know I don't I don't necessarily agree with every single thing Ron Paul has to say, but at the same time, I think the choice is very clear, in my in my mind, very clear. Well, Charles? I I de- oh, uh, Go ahead, sorry. Ben.
1: Yeah. Do you want you want to go ahead, Charles?
4: Well, I, I mean I, I would make one practical argument against and uh, uh, against why he's the best choice, and that is. If he gets into office, i don't think he'd have the support of his own party, and I don't think he'd have the support of the Democrats. It's just a question of you know the President can't do all the things that Ron Paul wants to do by himself. It's how he's going to garner that support among fairly entrenched political parties. I mean, it's really a practicality not? it's well, really I, a practicality argument that's that that would be what I'd put forward. I think that's, that's what I'd tr- like to hear an answer to, maybe i think
1: I think that's true, Charlie. And I also think that in some ways that that's almost a good thing. Uh, I think that, you know, I think just bringing these issues to the forefront is the most important thing, and I think as president, he would have the opportunity to uh, to do that. Hey, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about this when we get back. We're gonna take a, a short break. Charles, you want to hold on? Uh, okay. okay, we'll be right back, folks. You listen to Animal Farm here on the Radio Network.
5: Thank you. Goodbye.
2: You're listening to the one and only Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned.
1: Revere If you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, dial 914-613-3166. Yeah, go ahead
4: and finish up! Finish Finish
5: up! What's your first action as president?
3: First action? First action. Where you have the most authority is on on, uh, your commander in chief of the military, not commander in chief of the people. You're commander in chief of the military, and you can design foreign policy, and you could change the world within weeks about just changing attitudes, saying that we're backing our navy off, removing the sanctions on Iran. We'll talk to you. We've talked to the Soviets. You guys aren't any more threatening to me than the Soviets were, and. Bring the troops home from Iraq. Give them a motivation to start talking to each other. The world would change. I'll bet oil would drop $20 a barrel just because right now it's up to 92 uh, because of uh, the threat. That, that, that to me, the higher the oil prices go, I think it's the closer we're getting to uh, the, the people in the know behind the scenes on, on that we're getting closer to action against Iran. A, a true terrorist is a very, very weak person, and we, we think of them as every place, all over the place, and they're monstrous, and, and we're so intimidated by the fear that they're able to build up. But they're very, very weak individuals. They don't have a country. They have no political base, and they, and they really don't have an army. That's why they have to use, you know, a bomb here and there or a knife here and there, and they have to create terror. Uh, so it is understanding motivation and then a lot of good police work. Uh, not declaring war against countries country that had nothing to do with it. We need good policemen. And uh, this is a police activity. I wouldn't send private companies over there at taxpayers' expense, trying to avoid the use of our military. That's what we've drifted into. Mm-hmm. I, we've never done it like this. You know, they talk about what 150,000, 160,000, mm-hmm. but it may be double that. It's probably over 300,000. Nobody cu- they count contractors, but not subcontractors. Oh. Hmm. So there's a, yeah. there's a lot of Americans over there. We, we do well in providing. A military defense of this country pretty well. It's the policy of foreign intervention is bad. If you just had limited to defending this country, I would say that nobody can touch us. We, we should feel perfectly safe, you know, from any country ever invading us, you know, uh, at least in the foreseeable future. Day
5: after day, alone on a hill
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You are not listening to The Alex Jones Show. You're listening to The Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. I love that song. That's, That's a great, great song.
2: Uh, you know what? It's a song. I'm not here to, you know. Uh, no We have Charlie Ratner yes! on the
1: phone here. Um, we're talking about Ron Paul. Um, and, Charlie, what were we talking about before the break? F- fill the uh, audience in. Fill me in. Fill my brain-dead, mercury-filled head in. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, I got the vaccine, too. I'm starting to worry. I feel bad for you guys. <laughs> so,
2: They're never sticking uh, either, you know
4: uh you know it's just about uh about the practicality of what Ron Paul uh can do if he if he makes it to uh makes it to the top
1: Yeah if he makes it to the White House and and I was saying before the break that I I, I agree that it may even be a good thing and I think that he would he would just bring a, a national debate about this and a talk about you know the uh the big things in government the real big things actual structures like the 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 idea of a centralized bank and the idea of centralized education and and things like that i mean the, the idea of a centralized bank and centralized education these are these are planks of the communist manifesto and i hate to be paranoid about communism um because i see what that's done in our past but um, they really are. They really are actual planks of the Communist Manifesto, and I think just having national discussions about these and uh, uh, discussing whether it's a good thing and a bad thing ultimately will be the most important uh, part of a Ron Paul presidency.
2: Yeah, and 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 Charles, just not to not to go on the bone picking thing, but. Before the break, we had talked about. I asked the question uh, out there for anybody who wanted to call in. You know, is Ron Paul not the best possible choice we can make right now? I I never said ever that he's going to fix every problem. I never said that once. You know, after his second day in office, everything is going to go right back to normal. We're going to go right back to prosperity and peace. No, of course not. It's a ridiculous. No. It's a ridiculous notion to even think about that. Um, however, I don't agree that. You know, he's not the best choice because he can't do what he's going to say, regardless of it, whether or not that's true. And I understand what you're saying, Charles. Um I understand that, yes, if he does miraculously get the Republican nominee and then get a, gets elected by President who beats Hillary somehow, uh, granted, yeah, he's going to have a lot of opposition because there's other people with other motives involved. But let's also not forget, first of all, that the people uh, will also be given a lot more control and probably would get a lot more motivated and be woken up a lot more uh, rapidly. At the, and at the same time... I would have to argue simply that if there's a huge fire, you got to start putting water on it eventually. And if Ron Paul is nothing else, he is some solution, even if it's small, to the humongous, humongous amount fire. of problems fire. that we are facing fire. today. Fire. Fire. Um, fire. So, Charles, basically, just to wrap up, Charles, and I'm not trying to go off on a super rant, but explain to me why any other candidate, let me, let me, you know, elaborate on my question. What other candidate would be a better choice, and why?
0: George W. <laughs> George, you already
2: served eight years almost. You can't get elected. Well, I won't say I that too George quick. i George W. Bush. God bless you, George. You can't get God elected I love again. freedom. You're out of here in less than 400 days. Thank God. If were a
0: dictatorship, it'd be a heck of a lot
2: easier. <laughs> hey, Just so yeah. long as I'm the dictator. There
4: may yet be a national emergency where he's got to suspend the election.
2: <laughs> don't, so. even jinx, don't jinx it, Charles and George. By the way. Okay, I don't want it to happen. No, I, no, Charles, and George, you're being very rude. Charles is on the line. Let's have some respect for Charles. Uh, Charles, so please, and again, I'm, I'm just, I want to hear the your consequences. opinion. Tell me why any other of the candidates running right now on either side um, would be a better choice. Well,
4: I, I'd certainly say it's the best Republican
2: choice. I oh. Let him finish. I'm sorry.
4: I'm yeah, sorry, Charles. We're you're, huge you're fans. I'm quick, sorry. You're quick to uh, you're quick to diss all the Democrats, and I know. certainly I'm I'm no fan of Hillary's. And, uh, Charles,
3: I Charles, I like giant fan of I like several Democrats. I like several. I don't
4: like I don't like really any of the front runners. I mean, I have my own choice in this race. Um, you know, I, I was a Ross Perot man until sure. you know Martians landed at his daughter's wedding in his backyard and. <laughs> what I, never, I <laughs> never quite heard that one. There, Charlie. <laughs> really, when Ross threw out, I kind of had to drop off of that campaign. But I liked what he said but up until that point. I think a lot of people did too. And you know, I, I, and again, it was Howard Dean. I, I like these independent campaigns. I, I, I haven't, you know, and listening to the Ron Paul uh, speech that you had on in between the break, I'm trying to figure out why it was that Ron Paul hasn't ex- uh, hasn't uh, sparked that same kind of excitement in me. And um, I think it's because. For me, it's because he hasn't just shed the Republican label and and outright run as an independent. He's certainly not going to get the support of the Republican Party. If I saw him do something legitimate, something workable, like he takes this seriously enough to do what it takes to be president, he'd declare himself an independent now, disavow the Republican Party, and carry forward with the principles that he wants on his own sort of libertarian plank. And if I saw him do that, I think that I'd... Feel that he had a public, the political courage to do what it takes to really bring about a revolution that is absolutely needed. But for me, that's that, that's why I don't think I'm 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 so supportive of him at the moment. I mean, I understand what he's trying to do. I think he wanted to put the debate out there, and he didn't expect to attract all this attention. and And no one's more surprised than him. And and I think well, it's a great thing wild. for the country. I really do. But I, I think he needs to take the next step for me to take him more seriously.
1: Uh, Charles, this is Ben, and what if what if he's trying to restore the Republican Party? What if the Republican Party is actually what Ron Paul is, and he's trying to restore that? What if he's saying that I'm the real conservative and I'm the real Republican, and all these other people are fake? Isn't that a noteworthy cause?
4: It, it is. I mean, but I mean, tackling the presidency and reforming the public Republican Party at the same time, I think, are just two tasks that if you're going to try to get that done in the next year, you know, you're going to fail at one or both of them, most likely both.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Charles. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. But again, uh, I, I you have the floor. I, I simply just I you know just humor me for a second here. I need to know because I don't really know uh a lot about politics. I got to be done. I really just don't know a lot about it. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. But you're you're a much wiser man than I am. You've you've been uh, on a just li-
4: more experienced, unfortunately.
2: Well, no. I mean, and you've also studied a lot more than I have, and you know, I've I've learned a lot from you in the past. And I'm not trying to patronize you here. I'm not trying to set you up for the fall. I just again. Out of all of the candidates and, and by the way, Charles, I actually happen to be a little bit of a, a closet bill Richardson Bill Richardson fan. I, I do like what he has to say and I know and 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 there's actually a couple of democratic uh candidates that I do like, and like I said earlier <laughs> on the show, <laughs> yeah thanks for laughing at me by it <laughs> um, <laughs> get it out <laughs> no, and there and there are also some Republican candidates right now other than Ron Paul that I do like uh, in other words, more specifically, I like what they have to say. All I'm trying to find out, if Ron Paul is not the best choice, then who is and why? George W. Okay, not <laughs> no. not George. You can't. You can't.
1: <laughs> you can't run again, George. How many times do well, you have well, to here, tell here,
4: you? here's the other problem. Here's the other problem, Tony. Is that none of the other candidates out there right now, honestly, do it for me like uh, all the way to the point where I'm really passionate about any of them. Well Charles
1: so, here here's let me ask you this question. Are any other candidates really talking about the big issues? The big questions? You know, the the things that actually run our country on a on a very deep level, the Federal Reserve, the, the education system, the centralized education system. Is anybody really, really talking about that? Is anybody looking at that, you know, from no, an objective point of I, I, view? I don't
4: think I don't think those I don't think those issues have attracted the attention of the candidates who all are stuck on the themes of terrorism and and you know what makes the news clips in the mainstream media. So- I mean, I
1: personally think that that's why uh, Ron people, Ron Paul people, are going crazy is because they're really excited about these these big questions in America. You know, we could see we could see our our, our country. You know, d- doing wrong and sort of going into a state of uh, recession, whether it be in the terms of politics and economics and uh, you know all types of other social issues, and we're starting to ask ourselves the big questions: Is this the way that things are supposed to be on a on a general level, on a, um, on a society, a societal type of level? You know, and I think that that's what's energizing the Ron Paul crowd.
4: Yeah, but um, there's a lot of effects of a Ron Paul campaign that that. Uh you know, I think that aren't being thought through. I mean, if if Ron Paul is elected and with his platform of taking us off our monetary standard, I mean, just his possibility of election is going to send the stock markets and the currency markets into turmoil. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it's not always going to be a good thing that that Ron Paul makes it all the way.
1: Well, let me clarify that real quickly and – yeah, you know, I think I think we know on this show, and we all know in this movement that obviously, if you get rid of the the private Federal Reserve banking institute right now, it's it's obviously going to cause an economic collapse. You know, everybody knows that. Uh, We're Palmos, headed for that uh, either way, Ben. We are, but
4: but at the same <laughs> well, time, I'm not saying it's going to collapse our economy. I mean, don't 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 take it to that degree. But it's going to the markets are not going to respond positively to
1: it. No, absolutely not, but I think I think what Ron well I know what Ron Paul is putting forward is is to legalize competition and to legalize the ability to invest in other type of assets, you know, invest into other type of independent currencies that are maybe backed by gold and that are are being able you, you know what I mean? I don't I don't see that as uh as something that would collapse our economy or, or something that would bring us to a negative area.
2: Yeah, and, and just by the yeah. way, just, just to interrupt one second here, if you guys, if anybody out there cool. trying to call in, uh, keep trying there, 914-613-3166. We're on the phone right now with Charles Ratner, um, and we're trying to, you know, we're having a little bit of a discussion, and, um, you know, we're talking about Ron Paul. And, and again, Charles, I have to just bring up the uh, the question where, you know, give me, w- which candidate would you vote for right now, if, if you'd be so uh, willing to tell me?
5: Uh, actually, I was calling to see why Al Sharpton wasn't running again in this election.
2: Oh, what's your name, sir? Who's calling?
5: Uh, th- my name is Tim.
2: Okay, Tim. You're wondering why Al Sharpton is not uh, running.
5: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the last time he he, he was uh, in the the candidacy, and I was listening to the debates, he was a rather excellent speaker, and and seemed like the people were really with him. But you know, when you listen to the mass media coverage of him. It's like they they pretended like he wasn't even there. They just concentrate on everybody else. And when you thought about it, the people were really without.
2: Okay, um, so so go on. So what what what's the point you're trying to make ultimately that Al Sharpton should be? Uh...
5: I, I really think he should be running again. I mean, everybody makes a lot of fun of him, you know, with the hair and you know the kind ball situation and everything else. But I, I think of all the candidates that you could possibly have out there, he would be just rather a fantastic choice. Honey, could you get the phone?
1: <laughs> well, hey, can you can you let us know about uh, what what uh, policies you like of Al Sharpton's?
5: Well, Al, you know Al, you know when you listen to him a lot of times, I mean the great thing about him he's just a real straight talking kind of guy. <laughs> I mean that's that's the beauty of him.
2: Okay, well listen, I mean, what what, it, what
5: has like,
1: Al Sharpton said that's straight talking?
5: Well, Al, when you listen to him about, uh, let's say, the immigration issue, I mean, he understands that people are looking for opportunity here in the country when, you know, this country was built on opportunity. We should be welcoming people in.
2: Okay. Listen, it's a, it's a, it's a you know I'm glad you called in and yes. had your opinion. I, I I can't say that I agree, and the only reason why I would disagree is, uh, I mean, at least living in New York, every time I see Al Sharpton's name in a paper or in a news report, it's always because of some race-related um, event. It seems as though to me, and I could be dead wrong about this, it seems as though that Al Sharpton's only around when uh, African American people are in distress or something happens against African American people, and that's not what I'm all about. I just I don't try to think of us as you know races or segregated. Groups. ethnicities we are american people and at this point we have to try to take care of ourselves charles are you still on the line with us i am okay um and and sir uh, tim was your name is it tim yes oh, okay tim and I, thank you for calling i mean and, and i i appreciate you you putting your opinion out there and i'll tell you the truth it's not the majority i've, I've actually never heard anybody um be so in favor of Al Sharpton uh, in the past. Um, Thank you. What else did you want to talk about uh, other than that? Are you a fan of Ron Paul and his policies, or would you uh, would you vote for Ron? Who, who would you vote for?
5: This election right now, I'm I'm just so absolutely disgusted with it. I mean, I think the only you know race going on right now is between you know Barack Obama and Hillary, and that's really just to see whether America's more racist or sexist.
1: Okay. I think I think you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, I agree there. with you. But can can I ask you a a, a question about uh, Al Sharpton?
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what do you what do you feel about Al Sharpton coming about coming down at, you know after the uh, Virginia Tech shootings and and sort of stating that the the gun rights were absolutely wrong and that you know we should start taking guns away from people and that was the reason that sort of the Virginia Tech shooting happened? What do you feel about that?
5: Well, I think he's got a very valid point. I mean, if there's a proliferation of guns around and it's so easy for people to get their hands on them, I mean, we here in New York, we need to go through all sorts of licensing to get any sort of handgun or, you know, any rifle or anything else. But many other states, you can just walk in with a driver's license and walk out with a shotgun or a rifle the very next day.
2: Well, Tim, and just to elaborate on that before we get to any other points... you know, it's it's a lot easier to get a shotgun or a rifle than it is to get a, a handgun. And I'm not talking about a concealed license. There are different types of licenses for guns. Uh, in particular, I was going for my target license, uh, Tim. And you're absolutely right. You have to really jump through a hundred billion different hoops to get uh, a hand to get a, a, a license to have a target license. And I'm not talking about being able to carry the gun on you at all times. That's that's a carry permit. Target permit is the ability to. Travel with the gun to a shooting range and to shoot it at you know a licensed place. So you're absolutely right. Um, the Second Amendment is being attacked in multiple fields. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, you know you can you can. Add all
1: the laws you want to make it harder for people to carry guns, but criminals are always going to be getting guns. That's the thing. So, and and you know the Virginia Tech shooting, people always they got guns no problem. The person that, that had uh, guns, yeah, they were some of them I believe were registered from my understanding, but uh, uh, other ones weren't registered. And you know no matter what the circumstances are, you know criminals are always going to be able to get guns. And uh, well, shouldn't maybe too, shouldn't, but it's, shouldn't it's, people have the right to defend themselves?
5: Everywhere, it's a lot easier for everybody involved to go out and get weapons. You know, you have more guns in the home, it's easier for someone to, you know, steal guns from your home. If, you know, it's easy to walk in, you find a lot more first-time offenders where, you know, it's a lot easier to go out and buy a piece, you well, know.
1: Or- Tim, Tim, riddle me this, man. Okay, if, if the Virginia Tech shooter who had, like, you know, tons of guns, if he knew that people in the school were armed, would he have been so quick to go in there and start firing the place up?
5: Well, really, I, I can't speak on the mind of a madman, so I, I don't really know.
2: That's a good answer, Tim. And I want to finish up here. I know we're getting off on a little bit of a rant, Tim. But do you wanna... doesn't a mad I'm go sorry ahead, to interrupt. No, but doesn't
1: ahead. doesn't a madman at least have the sense of self survival? You know, doesn't he have the at least sense of if I go into this place and start shooting up the place, people are going to be able to whip out their guns and shoot me back? Doesn't I don't he know, at ben, least have that? Ben, ben I, I well,
5: can't. Remember, this boy and, wrote and a if, note if, went
0: if, in. That's okay, true. Okay, but
1: even if he didn't, doesn't he have the even if he didn't have the ability to see that, doesn't there have the ability for people to go in at Virginia Tech to have their guns and be able to take this guy down before he sh- fires off 30 shots and kills 19 people?
5: Well, of course, if you're a licensed security officer, you should be able to have a weapon if you're... How about a
1: licensed American? I mean, how about, how about just an American?
2: Well, the, the question, Tim, is, you know, should... American citizens, no matter what state, I mean, granted, it'll, it'll be different per state, but should American citizens have a, uh, a better ability, or should it be easier for an American citizen to have a registered firearm in the event of a shooting? You hear about these shootings all the time. Tim, what do you think? We'll finish up on that point, and then we'll go back well, like to that. Like you said, Charles.
5: It should be, they, w- people should have to jump through a few more hoops, you know? it's bit more of a deterrent if you gotta go through a bit longer process, get your fingerprinting, show, you know, forms of ID, make sure you don't have a criminal record, etc cetera,
2: et cetera. Well that's already but see Tim, you said that before, that's already in place. I mean you don't you don't, already, you don't need a criminal
1: record to grab a gun, Tim. You could get it you could I mean, get it from a crack place. dealer on the street, man. I mean, you could you could grab your gun, you could go into a, sh- a school and shoot it up, man. You're, basically what you're doing is if, if you're a criminal and you don't give a crap about the system, or, uh, you don't give a shit about the rules, what's going on, you're going to grab a gun, you're going to go into school, you're going to shoot the place up. What, what's ha- what happened in Virginia Tech was it was literally victim disarmament. People didn't have the opportunity to defend themselves. Thirty people got mowed down while a bunch of cowardly cops were outside hiding behind freaking trees for three hours.
5: Well, remember, it wasn't necessarily a hardened criminal that was shooting up Virginia Tech. That was babies shooting babies, for God's
1: sakes. Yeah, but regardless, even if it is a even if it is a little turd that's shooting up the school teacher in there would have had the opportunity to have a gun in his desk would have pulled it out and for took, took okay. care of him okay yeah this okay. happened in alaska man right they tried to shoot they tried to shoot up an alaskan school and the, and the teacher took him down this just happened last week in a the church they tried to shoot people up in the church and the woman was able to go home get her gun fire off some rounds and kill the bastard without <laughs> you know without killing uh, without killing t- the 20 people that happened at virginia tech
2: right uh, Tim, do you have any any last minute points? I want to actually, I want to get back to we've, we've strayed a bit off of the, the political road to get into the gun things. Tim, would you agree? Before we let let you go, would you agree, Tim, that the problem in this country—and this is my personal opinion—would you agree that the problem in this country regarding guns is not legal guns, not people who are registered with firearms, but the people who are obtaining illegal guns? Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay, I'm I'm glad and thanks thanks wait, for the call.
1: Wait, I'm I'm sorry. Give give him a chance to respond. Just one more chance, Tim. Well, I think, yeah, Tim, I think. Okay,
2: sorry. sorry, Tim, I'll let you I'm go. Sorry, Tim. Tim, thanks for the call, and I just I just wanted to get back I to like Charles. It. I don't want to give people <laughs> – I don't want to make people dizzy here. Charles, um, I guess we, we will get back into the political spectrum, but just to finish off on this point, what are your thoughts on the Second Amendment, specifically talking about how difficult it, it is for a lot of people to obtain firearms in this country?
4: Well, I don't think that it – arming the entire citizen, citizenry is necessarily the answer if everyone walked around with a gun certainly there'd be a deterrent to use it but there'd certainly be more situations where gunfire would would would, would occur where that normally wouldn't happen okay so i don't think that's necessarily the answer i think there needs to be some regulation i think the problem with guns in this country is very similar to the problem with immigration it's not the laws that are you know that are the problem necessarily it's the lack of enforcement going on in the proliferation of illegal weapons is epidemic in this country and these weapons need to be found seized and destroyed and i think that uh... once that occurs then the gun laws will operate as they were meant to which is to allow people to get guns that are not criminals and are responsible and uh...
1: But you know, really uh, really do you think that everybody is criminals is everybody like but, but do you think that many people are insane where you know if if you know people had a had a gun you think everybody's just insane they would go around shooting people i mean
4: no, but I mean it, it, we've all been to parties where brawls are uh, busted out if everyone's carrying a weapon i mean yeah gun use would i think if everyone holds a gun gun use would increase if everyone cigarette smoking would increase
1: you know it's I don't just... see here's i i I kind of disagree with that I think that if people if if you knew that there was a possibility that somebody else would be holding a gun you'd be much less likely to use yours I think I think everybody's ultimately afraid of death and I think pulling out a gun in the situation where you don't know if anybody has a gun you're not gonna do it because you don't want <laughs> you know what i mean you're you're gonna be more i i I guess I would take I would take Tesla's view of things you know and, and ban Tesla No, not the band Tesla. (laughs) Nikola Tesla. Sorry,
2: I'm trying to add a little comic relief here, guys. Sorry, (laughs) my apologies.
1: But I guess I guess I would I would take that view of things.
2: Uh, look, I mean, we've, we've gotten off on an incredible tangent here. And, and for those of you listening, I'm gl- first of all, Tim, thanks for calling. And Charles, I appreciate you calling in and giving us your thoughts on all these issues. We are up against a break. When we come back, I, I do want to get back to the Ron Paul news. And I don't want to go off on too much of more of a, a political debate. We can talk for hours about why Ron Paul is the best choice or not. But uh, you are listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show. Thanks, everybody, for participating. We'll be right back after this short break. Now, why doesn't somebody pull off 45 and... Settle it. Just one more
5: morning. I had to wake up with the blue, pull myself out of bed, put on my walking shoes. When I
4: And mass manipulation of the media. Who can you trust? Just when you think there is no hope alive, you find out that there is an alternative news source to turn to. Revere Radio Network, keeping the dream of sovereignty and freedom alive for all.
2: Revere Radio Network.
0: The views and opinions expressed in the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Revere Radio Network, Rob Revere, or any other host on the network. They are the personal thoughts and feelings of the host given the presentation. We support total free speech here at Revere Radio Network, even when it's ugly. Enjoy.
5: Hey, you're listening to Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned.
1: If you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, 914-613-3166 914-613-3166 Yeah, go ahead and finish up! Finish up! <laughs>
0: Republican presidential candidate Ron Paul raised big bucks and some uh, major eyebrows with a very successful one-day internet fundraising drive.
5: Amazing, amazing numbers. $4.3 million
3: raised online in a 24-hour period.
5: It means his supporters dropped $4,380,000 in 24 hours. That's $182,500 per hour. $3,042 per second.
1: It's an amazing sum of money. I don't remember someone doing that out of the campaign trail. What do you make of this?
3: Well, and the source of the money is is to me what's interesting. He got it from 35,000 small, comparatively small, contributors. But I wonder if this ability to raise this kind of money in this shorter period of time and the fact that we're sitting here now talking about it for the third or fourth time this afternoon might be the launching pad that he's been looking for. I think we have a very good platform that's very appealing to the people who care about what's happening in this country. I think we're also tapping into the sense of frustration that people are feeling. I think it's much more intense than anybody realized, probably more intense than I had expected. What is the typical Ron Paul supporter? Well, the typical uh, supporter is a nondescriptive because they're different. They're very, very diverse. They come from all ranks and files, all colors and all parties. We get Democrats and independents and Republicans. And I like the kid, we even get a few anarchists who'll come to our rallies. So it's everybody's coming together sick and tired of big government, and they don't trust the major parties and the leadership of either party right now. And uh, But they, they do not fit one description.
0: What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some man you just can't reach. So you can get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it any more than you Look at your young men fighting. Look at your women.
2: They've always done before. Alright folks, welcome back to the Animal Farm Radio Show on Revere Radio. We are still being joined by Charles Ratner, but before we get back to him, uh, the number once again is 914-613-3166. You can Skype us or instant message us at AOL. At Animal Farm Show, which is one word, and you can also chat with us through the Revere site, which I'm being told now. So RevereRadioNetwork.com, and you could just click on chat. Uh, first or it's off, to RevereRadio.info. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's revereradio.com. Well, check both of them. What the hell? Google you know? Revere Radio. Just Google. I mean, it, it, as you know, folks, there's been a Internet. couple of problems with the with the site over the k- past couple of weeks or even months. Uh, but either way, you're here with us. You're, you're, you know, you're checking out the animal farm. We're so glad and happy that you are joining us on this Thank Friday you. night. Charles, I want to finish up with you, Charles. <laughs> I, I got to you know, I got to call you out on this, buddy. We are on a radio show here. I want to know. If you are so bold and so willing to tell me and Ben and everybody else listening and Pieth, can you tell me? Uh, we were talking about Ron Paul and we had spoke about you not thinking he was the best choice, which I completely respect, hundred and ten percent. That's what you know politics is all about—disagreement. Uh, what what candidate would you vote for uh, and why? Charles, are you still with us? I think Charles maybe may hung up. Oh. He was just with Hello. us 2 seconds ago. I just saw his name. All right, well folks, he didn't I, give us an answer. He didn't give you know, we're going to hold him to that. If he calls back, Charles, I mean, I I didn't get rid of him. He I think he maybe just hung up. Maybe thought the break was over, but either way, we you know, we went off on a super rant. We've barely even gotten to we even get to any articles. We talked about one or two of them. Um I do before I forget, like I often do about Ron Paul news, I do want to talk about this. The Ron Paul donation, most of you know, the 5th of November modeled after the V for Vendetta movie, not so much the Guy Fox incident, but the V for Vendetta movie. He raised an incredible amount of money, well over four million dollars. However, the the grassroots supporter uh, support period, Ben, um, of the Ron Paul campaign, they're trying to outdo themselves, and I think this is a great thing. But uh, Ron Paul donation day, top thirty thousand. Update one. So this the whole story now is it's more than just the blimp, and it's now this Sunday uh, we're going to try to. Even raise more money for Ron Paul, and you know it's, yeah. it's based off the Boston Tea Party thing. So they're using money. real events oh. in history. I want to read a little bit about this update. This is
1: fantastic, yeah. And, and the Boston Tea Party is a great one to use it, because it, it really symbolizes the the screw you, I'm not taking any more of
2: your crap. Right. And, and Charles, by the way, Charles, if you are listening, if you want to call back and finish this up, that's cool. If not, we can do it another time. But let me just finish. Let me just read this article. The upcoming mass donation day for presidential candidate Ron Paul topped 25,000 in early December and now looks to top 30,000 before the December 16th deadline. A question may be raised about the the firmness of the number, given that the phony pledges may have been made. However, it would take a good many of these to affect the bottom line, and just as last time, on November 5th, there are likely numerous lurkers who have not pledged but will donate anyway. And and I was actually one of those people. I didn't pledge anything when I donated. As Um, was I. You know, if if you believe in the Ron Paul message, I don't ha- I'm I'm the last person that has to tell anybody to donate. I mean, look, we're you know we're in this to to send the message across that we're tired, we're sick and tired of way the way that things are going in this country. That's easy to understand based on our, our radio show. Um, People are sick and tired of the politicians. Yeah, no no doubt, Arnold, and you know, you're one of them. Okay, cause I, I believe Charles is back with us. Charles, can you hear us? Hello. Hello. sorry I think we lost you there and that's that's maybe that was my fault I I, I do Charles I do want to finish actually I didn't want to uh, do the whole rest of the show talking about this because this could go on for hours and eons and, and millenniums and decades and whatever else you want to talk about but Charles like I gotta hold you to this buddy you're a good friend of mine uh, you and I have debates and, and we're, we're good friends and whatnot but I gotta ask you for a uh, an answer to the question who's your candidate who's your man or who's your woman <laughs> uh,
4: as it stands right now Wow um, I'm kind of really torn between uh, Edwards and, and Obama.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Well, and, and, you know, and, and, like, you know, listen, the last caller, by the way, Tim, thanks again for the call. And, and I think Tim made a great point. Yeah, uh, we're going to, and I'm
1: going
5: to, I'm going to address, yeah, address that later. Yeah,
2: you know? and Ben, address that later. And thank you for calling. And listen, just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm going to pull a Sean Hannity or an O'Reilly and start playing the friggin' Twilight Zone music. You, you call that a democracy. I want anybody to, if you call in and say anything, I want you to have the free speech. We have it. Let's use it. Uh, so, Charles, <laughs> no more, further ado, tell us more about uh, your thoughts on Obama. And uh, and John Edwards. Yeah, I I would actually I actually like Obama more than Edwards. But Charles, I do too. What do you um tell us your thoughts on both candidates and why you think they're good? Just just for the record.
4: Well, Obama's obviously a fresh face, which uh, after however many years of uh, Bush Clinton Bush Clinton, we could definitely use. Um, you know, uh, he's 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 a fairly moderate Democrat. He's fairly untarnished because he's. Uh, only been in politics so many years, but uh, his track record so far is good. But for the vote on the Iraq War, I think. Um, and uh, you know, he's got he's got charisma, and I think it would be a, sort of a a cathartic thing for this country to have uh, either a black or a female president. But uh, I just can't go with Hillary.
2: Man. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> just can't do it. Look, Charles, and and listen, God's honest truth, I have I would be the first one to vote for a female if I believe that. She was the right choice. I have nothing against women being president. I want to get your thoughts before we get to the Edwards part of this question. And hey I got man, and, and, and I, I want to know. That's why I'm asking you. But did you hear about uh, the I, the fact that Obama now supports the homegrown terrorism bill?
4: Yeah, you know, Obama's starting to get those uh, corporate donors and uh, those political favors that seem to be, uh, you know victimizing so many of the entrenched politicians. It's just, he seems to be falling in the same trap that, that Hillary went down a long time ago and uh, all these other uh, politicians in Washington seem to uh, go down, but for men of integrity, like, uh, you know, very few men of integrity out there that are running. Um, so.
2: Lucky you. Uh, all right, well, I, I mean, look, Charles. I would. I. I don't know. I like some of what Obama says. I wouldn't call him a man of o- te- integrity. In fact, well, most exactly, of
4: what that's exactly my point is. is, is uh, I sort of rambled there, but my point is, as I'm, I when I first saw Obama and when he gave a speech at the Democratic National Convention uh, in, in '04, I thought he was very char- charismatic and he seemed very genuine, and uh, that's not reflecting this time around for some
2: reason. Okay, uh, it's 30 seconds, Charles. Uh, John Edwards, why you like him, and that's all we have. Quick.
4: Well, you know, John Re- Edwards has probably the most revolutionary of the messages among the Democrats. Uh, he is very strongly talking at each of these debates and uh, at each of his speeches about how qu- the corporate influence has corrupted Washington and how it needs to be purged, and he's got plans for it. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's a, a, a he's a, a Democrat that's got good name recognition, and uh, he's got good ideas. I think he's genuine. A lot of people don't trust him because he's a lawyer. Uh, You know, I got to go with my own kind on this, so I can't hold that against him. But uh, I think he's a fairly genuine candidate, uh, much more genuine than most of the others out there. Um, And uh, as far as his principles go, uh, you know, I I can I can say he's fairly uh, he's he's demonstrated integrity over the years.
2: Okay, well, Charles, listen. Uh, we really appreciate you calling in. Thanks always for the uh, for the advice and for the uh, the opinion, Ben. Thank I you. I want to give you the the, the 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 proverbial last word, the final word, or whatever you want to call it on this, because uh, I don't want to get off on this too much more. I want to give people some chance. We only got about twenty something minutes left. So, what do you think about
1: that? I don't I don't want to get off on it either, um, but. <clears throat> We kind of all saw the the way that the Democrats handled things after they got in power. Uh, they were they were all anti-war. They were all they were all pro-impeach Bush, um, and that that's how they ended up getting elected in 2006, uh, right. when the when the House and Senate were overtaken by the Democrats. But as we all can see, none of that came to fruition. Uh, they actually ended up increasing the funding for the Iraq War, and they actually ended up. Uh, backing off their position of impeaching Bush. Um, and if you look at Obama in general, uh, Obama had basically, you know, we were talking about how he's gotten more funding from uh, the corporations and stuff for the things he's saying. Well, he's also gotten more funding from the war machine as well. He's gotten more funding from the war machine for saying that we're going to be going to war with Pakistan if he gets elected, which is also another uh, complete mistake. Uh, John Edwards in general is, is the complete, uh, I think John Edwards I would consider to be a 100% Democrat at this point. Um, in terms of yeah. not doing exactly what he says, saying he'll do something and then completely going back on it and doing something completely different. Yeah, um, ex- which is which Thank is completely so frustrating. you yeah. know if you're if you're you know because I went from I went from being a neocon to being a Democrat to being a liberal to being a, a Democrat to being a, a libertarian to <coughs> being a completely independent and uh, yeah. I, ultimately I learned when I was a liberal and when I learned and I learned when I was a Democrat that these people are flat-out liars they're politicians they, they don't they're good do what they yes, they're they're good, at they're very, they're very good at lying yes they're very good at dying they're very good at lying and they don't do liars. they don't do what they say tell
5: us what you know you <laughs> goddamn liar <laughs>
1: so, i mean i guess i guess that's my ultimate uh, opinion on the democratic party and and you know that happens in the republican party too but mm. uh, luckily we have somebody like ron paul there that's gonna at least speak somewhat of a truth regardless of what party he's in
2: yeah these um,
4: people aren't patriots. they're not <laughs>
5: defending the republic. they're here overturning our country <laughs> our precious
0: nation
2: yeah nine one four six one three. 3166 that's 914 613 3166 you're listening to the Animal Farm show uh, Animal Farm show one word is the AIM and you could also Skype us at that same name uh, you know and folks if, if for those of you who have listened to the show for the last couple months you realize this is completely unorthodox we usually talk about tasing and articles and stuff but i think it's nice that we had a little bit of a discussion about politics actually well, the, uh, yeah
1: the actual election is actually a very
2: the word politics thing. actually really being appropriately used now
1: yeah absolutely i mean i i really like the point that tim brought up and in, in the election when it comes yeah, to the election in 2008 i love the the, the, the you know the point except for i mean i, I don't agree he, with
2: what tim said about al sharpton but i think no
1: not at all but what he said about you know uh the whole media basically uh, planning the campaign to be Obama versus Hillary to discover whether the country is racist or sexist. That's a great point. That's a great point. It's such a, it's such a great example of what the media is and what it really does. It'll carry this on for about six months. It'll keep it entertaining. And then once we find out whether the country is racist or sexist, it'll make a big deal about it and it'll make us feel like all pieces of crap. But we're not, but but ultimately we're not focused on, on the real issues, the hardcore issues of what's going on with America. You know, like Ron Paul is. You know, where he yeah. talks about the Federal Reserve and he talks about our actual monetary system. He talks about our actually actual uh education system and and these things are so important and so Heavy hitting, you know, it's so much bigger than this guy's black, so I'm gonna vote for him, or this person's yeah. a woman, so I'm gonna vote for her. I mean, it's so much bigger. It transcends politics, modern day politics, which we're all, which we're all basically tra- uh, trained to uh, to ignore and to look at as a as a tabloid type of type of thing, you know. So well,
2: yeah, and the other thing too is Ben, is that you know we need to get past this idea that you know if a man runs and he's black, there's something you know, the reason why we can't vote for him. We have to get past the sexist end Racist thing, and, and Tim. First off, thank you for calling yeah, you and bringing up cool. that point. Oh, it's uh, crazy! It's like super oh, kudos to, to at least express that type of opinion, and uh, that's what the show's about. We want to hear from you. that's how dumb people
1: are. People are like, "Oh my gosh, Obama's Obama's a black man. I'm going to vote for him because he's black, and I'm yeah. not racist." And then, "Oh my goodness, Hillary's a woman. I'm not sexist, so I'm going to vote for her." I right. mean, that's that's the level of stupidity that we mm. have in this and, country. You can't even yeah. vote for somebody in, in accordance to their issues. It's
5: <laughs> I like nonsense. <laughs> it wakes up the brain cells.
2: Yeah, and if and if it's civil liberties um, or civil rights for that matter uh, that you're worried about, I, again, I got I'm sorry, Ben, I got, I got to make the the argument for Ron Paul. I mean, I know we're super homers here. I know Don't we're
1: apologize h- to me. Man. No,
2: I'm, I mean, I, listen, it's obvious that we're huge Ron Paul fans. I'm not ashamed to admit that, but. If you're if you're for civil rights, uh, I don't think there's anybody out there who's better than Ron Paul, and and and, and as you know, as for Charles goes, I and mean, I appreciate everybody's opinion, and I'm glad that um, that we're all expressing our opinions here. But uh, I'm I'm a bit simple, I'm a bit straight-minded, that is, and I'm a bit single-minded in, in the sense where I don't think there's even a choice at this point. I really think that if we want to start reversing the problems that we're dealing with, we are. We, you know, we haven't even gotten to the articles, folks. We haven't even talked about the Fed rate cuts. We haven't talked about the police state news. We haven't gotten into anything, even Ron Paul article-wise. Well, um, after the, after the next
1: break, let's get into the uh, possible assassination plot on Ron Paul. Yeah, End let's el-
2: let's elaborate on that more. I th- you know, we we did talk about it a little uh, a little bit more on that, and there's there's a lot of stuff going on now. The Ron Paul news is getting big. They are trying to still attack him here and there, and. You know, this assassination thing, I don't even want to think about that. But, uh, you know, folks, like I said, if you've listened to this show, you've heard us talk a lot about articles and tasing incidents, and we have concentrated on the ridiculous and the and the, the news that has dealt with, you know, just total, um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, That's ridiculous. Yeah, just being oblivious towards civil rights. Let's just put it that way. Just the denial of civil liberties. Um, and no other candidate even still has talked about restoring the Constitution uh, other than Ron Paul. Huckabee has made some recent mentions, maybe trying to take the wave you know, of the Ron Paul movement, but no, I mean, listen, folks. Oh, he's, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. So ob- we have it's to talk so about obvious. that, too, because yeah, we the
1: mainstream media is, is literally pointing out Mike H- Huckabee. Uh, they're basically putting him forth as the Ron Paul alternative and this is this is such a disturbing thing it's disgraceful it's, it's disgraceful it's all no. of a sudden all of a sudden this guy Mike Huckabee who's and don't get me wrong he's a gentleman you know what I mean he's he a, is a gentleman he's a gentleman he's I, I'll i never forget the, uh, the disagreement that he had with Ron Paul during that debate where they had argued back and forth on the foreign policy and when I was watching that I had said to myself you know that's the way that a real debate happens you know they're well, that's both, the idea of a debate they're, exactly they're both gentlemen they're talking back and forth they 're giving each other uh, the opportunity to speak and stuff so uh, Mike Huckabee really really is a gentleman he but is. but his his policies do not affect uh, his policies i guess wouldn 't affect reality he 's basically the mainstream person that they 're putting forth in order to try to Take away from the Ron Paul people. You know, Ron Paul has this thunder and he's sort of the underdog and he's mm-hmm. starting to gain this massive momentum. And then the media sees this and they say, oh my goodness, Ron Paul's gaining momentum. Let's make Mike Huckabee get, gain the momentum and let's make him look like the underdog and let's make him look like the person that's coming from behind and, you know, and let's block Ron Paul. I mean, it's, it is a concerted effort to block Ron Paul. I don't give a crap well, who yeah. you are. It
2: really is. You could, man. And, and you, could, you could certainly call it a conspiracy based on the definition of the word. However, um, just to add on that, Ben, I, didn't I hear uh, during the last RNC debate, maybe the second to last RNC debate, didn't I hear Mike Huckabee say something along the lines of getting rid of the IRS? Was it my imagination? No, nope, Mike Huckabee did. He say did that. say yeah. that, and
1: that's that's one of the things that they point as unbelievable. As a, that's one of the things that they I mean, point to him as a that. as an alternative to uh, yeah. you know what's exactly. What's happening Wake up
2: and listen, folks. Uh, Ron Paul, there's just something about this guy. There's something about this guy. He can reach people who don't, at least in their minds, don't give a damn about politics. Everybody cares about politics. Everybody does. There's no debating that. Um, they've just been trained not to care about it. So, uh, Ben, let's before we, we get some time before break, let's try to get into some of this news. There's just whole kinds of stuff. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch upon, and there is there actually is a fair bit of good news, and I don't want to um, – omit this news from the show. Police leader, uh, the Republican National Convention, says that protesters won't be caged in St. Paul, Minnesota. This is, Ooh, this is really good news, and I, I'm just so happy. Thank <laughs> you. You mean they won't be caged? Assistant St. Paul Police Chief Matt Bostrom on Monday assured state lawmakers that demonstrators outside the Republican National Convention won't be confined to fenced-in areas. I mean, this is just this is just amazing. Oh, I mean, thank you. I mean, thank you so much. You know, We're so honored. Yeah, not to let's be folks. Let's try to all send a thank you note to this guy. Like like it's some. You
5: know, it's gonna a privilege. On. I'm going
2: to go on. Bostrom said the city might erect barricades, but he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't envision enclosures where protesters would be regulated. I mean, if you're listening to this broadcast right now, just try to picture this. Try to imagine. You are an American citizen. Chances are, if you're listening to the show, maybe not. If you are an American citizen, this is in the news, and it's supposed to be thought of as like good. You know, we're we're portraying it as good news, and it is being portrayed as such. God, you have freedom of speech. You were brought up in school learning this, and this is. I'm going to go on. Applications for convention protest permits will be accepted. Beginning in March, you need a permit to protest these days. I got to play that Boston legal clip, but we just don't have the time. In fact, we don't have any time at all. Meanwhile, convention planning is moving ahead on a couple of fronts. Matt Burns, a Republican convention spokesman, said organizers are finalizing an agreement with uh, with a transportation management company. Saint Paul officials have deemed that it uh, that to be a critical stop uh, step because convention traffic flow will help share the broader security planning. God. It's just you know they have you so trained now to to think that you know freedom of speech is like this this privilege. In fact, I think the word privilege is used in this article somewhere. But that's I'll,
1: essentially what a permit is.
2: It's yeah, per- exactly. Well, that's permission. exactly it. It's like look, if you know, we're giving you permission yeah, no, to
1: but, to uh, protest what we're doing,
2: no matter how ridiculous. You've my, got the documents. Absolutely. No matter how ridiculous my argument might be to you or to your group or to your political party. I have a right to do this as a citizen of this country. You have to recognize that. And once you lose that freedom, you are gone. This country is gone. It's a fundamental right. It's the First Amendment. And you know what? To to all the people
1: people out there that are big Democrat fans, let me just remind you of something. The, The free speech zones were first implemented at the Democratic National Convention in Boston in the year 2000. So don't give me this crap about Republicans being the ones that are restricting free speech. It was the Democrats Bullshit. that started that first, man. I, it was it was those pictures that I saw people inside fences with their mouths taped, you know, symbolizing the protests that that woke me up. It wasn't the freaking Democrats that, that pretend to be for civil liberties yeah. and civil rights. It was the Democrats that, that were the caging people in quote-unquote protest zones that they couldn't... Pr- protests in boston man yep. and that pisses me off hardcore man next next freaking protest zone they go to i'm gonna set up a lemonade type stand where we're selling pitchforks and fucking uh freaking <laughs> uh, i'm sorry i just swear <laughs> that's right that, you it's should review, get mad man. this it's is ridiculous. radio i know we could do that but uh, you I can I, I try not to but i'm gonna oh. i'm gonna sell pitchforks and 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 torches to people that so they could you know march up and what, just what oh,
2: man if someone ruins my country I am going to get angry and I'm guess sorry what? For swearing no, I'm you don't sorry. be sorry Ben just... because you know what you're a human being like I am and we're all upset and we're pissed off. Yes, we're pissed off. Bottom line. This is a, a fundamental uh, civil liberty of our country, and it's being totally destroyed. And on top of that, now we're reading articles about how well it's no big deal. I mean, we're going to, you know, we're not going to barricade you this time. We're not going to enclose you. And, Aren't and, we so great? <laughs> and, and, and the, yeah, if you think we're full of it, and you think this is no big deal, I, I strongly suggest buy or look online for uh, 9/11. Rise of the Police State. It's a, fi- a film called Martial Law. Rise of the Police State by Alex Jones. There's a small segment. Just watch the small segment about how during the 2004 RNC convention, how there were several hundred people brought to an old bus depot. I think it was the Pier. Fi- thousands. Thousands. People, thousands it was a thousands been Thousands. I apologize. Yeah. It was the Pier Fifty Seven. <laughs> Fifty Seven. <laughs> Thank you. The Pier. Pure... Look. Just Google it. The Pier 57 concentration camp, or the Pier 57 whatever. Okay, just type Pier 57 into Google, and maybe you also type in RNC. You're gonna, you're gonna see what I'm talking about. We're up against the break. They we'll be right back, to you I'm and we're gonna finish family. up. Animal Farm Radio Show, Revere. It's just we pathetic. The whole country shot. All right, I'm not gonna get mad. I'm not gonna get mad. I'm
5: not
0: gonna get mad.
1: you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, dial 914-613-3166. Yeah, go ahead and finish up! Finish up! Attention, attention,
4: attention. attention. this is an alert. alert. You have been alert. on too long. You, you must disconnect. disconnect. You are addicted. Hey,
5: you're listening to Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, folks, short break there. We're, we are back. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on Rear Radio Network. Uh, we only have a short period of time left before Rasta Gnostic or Rasta comes on. I'm not sure what's his yep, name. Rasta Gnostic. Rasta Gnostic. thank you. Um, and who has the bomb
1: show, guess, definitely, definitely,
2: yeah, definitely don't miss the show. It's great. It's a great show, and um, we're, we're proud to have that show after ours. Uh, if you listen to this show, you realize it's been a mishmash of stuff. We've talked about civil liberties, we talked about politics, we talked about election stuff. Uh, we appreciate the calls coming in, and you know. And now, basically, we're being boiled down to just ranting uh, about how obvious it is that our civil liberties are just being destroyed, whether it be in the name of terrorism, or whether it be in the name of security, uh, and there's always threats that follow, and, you know, I'm a simple guy, and you know, listen, I'm just like you, I I love America, I love TV, I love watching sports, I like going out and enjoying my life, and I, I'm so privileged to have such a great life, but... Um, the ultimate, the ultimate objective here and the, and the bottom line and the message that we're trying to convey is that there is a line and it can't be crossed. And it, it's been, it's being crossed every single day, every single month, and it's being crossed for the last 40, 60, maybe 80 years. So uh, Ben and I are just trying to give you the news behind the news and, and the story behind the story, if you will, um, as to what else is going on Dude, besides Barry Bonds. Go ahead. have to talk about okay. this. Okay. Uh, All right. Go uh, ahead. The uh, uh, possible assassination See what I'm saying?
1: of Ron Paul. Um, and yeah. This was, elaborate on that. This was this was Daniel Esselon that uh that basically posted this, and he had one of his sources inside the uh, Bilderberg Group, and I have to say that Daniel Esselon is one of the only sources that I do trust. It's basically him and it's uh, Seymour Hersh that really have proven themselves over the years, over the five or ten years that they've sort of been putting putting out information. That they've they're the they're the people that have really put themselves forward as the actual accurate people when it comes to two, three years down the line. They sure. are the people that turned out to be right, quote-unquote. Um, and Daniel Esselon is now putting out that uh, um, small, a small group inside the Bilderberg we're talking about, uh, what's the word? Uh, what is it? Removing Ron Paul, I think was the word. Well,
2: they're, they're saying, uh, yeah, removal or, I don't know, what other word, what other euphemisms they're using for the word destroy yeah. or assassinate. These people aren't patriots! Ron Paul is becoming a threat to the... You know, military industrial complex, or the establishment, or whatever the hell you know word you want to use. Ron Paul is doing a lot of good things, and he's he's gaining momentum. So well, that's
1: the problem. These people are bad.
2: So he's, he's a threat. He's a threat to what's going on. Absolutely, there's no, there's no question. There's no debate there at all. Period.
1: Yeah. So here, here the headline is Estelin says global elite consider Ron Paul assassination. Daniel Estelon, bestseller author and Bilderberg investigator, told Alex Jones today that a small circle of intimates. And, and const within a global agglomeration of monopolistic fascist cartels are quote-unquote war-gaming the assassination of presidential candidate Ron Paul. Esselin, citing patriotic resources inside American intelligence, said the global elite are petrified of not only growing possibility of a Ron Paul victory next November and his promise to return America to its republic, constitutional roots, and also the tidal wave of political and financial support beyond Paul's campaign. Initially, Esselon explained the elite attempted to ignore the Ron Paul revolution, but as the movement increased its sign and pro- and profile, it was decided other more drastic measures, specifically assassination, may need to be undertaken in order to circumvent quote unquote unknown factors of the Ron Paul Revolution.
2: Yeah, well, I I'm, I'm still gonna stick to my guns here, Ben. I don't think that they're even gonna dare do that because I think that'll cause more problems than it will
1: I don't think so either.
2: I don't, I don't think uh, do We're it. not playing games here, we're folks. That. We're in the info war. Okay. Um <laughs> if if you want to see mass rioting then do that. If you don't, then uh, then then definitely. Don't even think about it because there's so many people who um, are supporting Ron Paul, and and like I said earlier, it's more than just Ron Paul the man. It's Ron Paul the message and uh, the idea that, yes, it's time to get back to principles. It's time to get back to principles of freedom and the Constitution, and we got to stop thinking about these boogeymen uh, overseas who are just going to blow us up at every single opportunity, never mind the fact that we've been bombing them for about 10 or 11 years now, and never mind the idea that you create terrorists – Or you create freedom fighters if you destroy other nations, Ben. And and one of Ron Paul's biggest messages is stop interfering with other nations. Stop nation building. Start trading. Start um, condoning the idea of peace. Uh, And one more time, I do want to put this out there. Most of you know this. Ron Paul, K P F. Ron Paul, donation day, top 30,000. And the bottom line here is that we're trying to... Um, we're trying to break the, the seal. We're trying to break the $4 million mark that we raised, uh, grassroots support raising here we're talking about on the 5th of November. So if you, if you want to get more information, if you don't know, it's www.teaparty07.com. That's T-E-A-P-R-T-Y 07.com. Once again, it's www.teaparty07.com, um, the Boston Tea Party this Sunday uh, we're we're trying, to raise, like we're trying to raise we're trying to raise and yeah. give us the money. Thank you, butthead. We're trying to raise a lot of money here, folks. Uh, Ron Paul does need the money, and we know he's using it for a good cause. Yes. This is not, uh, like Ben and money I like to say, It's cool. this is not the cocaine hooker type money. that We're talking about real money that's going to be used for the good. We're talking about... Drugs um, and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, George. We're talking about actual uh, campaign money here, uh, commercials, advertising, yada, yada, yada. You understand what I'm talking about. Most of you out there are going to donate. I'm going to donate. I'm sure Ben will as well, and Pyeth. So... Folks, you know, it, the the ball is in our court. Uh, the decision is in our hands. We're trying to at least make a difference. If we can get Ron Paul, perhaps, into the election um, as a Republican. You know, candidate. Then we've done a great thing. Oh yeah, so. man.
1: Well, here's the thing, dude. I I'll be honest with you. I really probably don't even have the money to to donate to it. Like on a, on neither, a do real it, scale, neither do I, man. Neither do I. Don't, I don't care, man. I don't care if I get evicted from my apartment, dude. I'm yeah. gonna donate a hundred bucks to freaking this guy yeah. because not only not only that it, it's this is the last straw, man. I mean, this is an investment. You talk about Ron Paul and him getting rid of the income yeah. tax and him him literally getting rid of the income tax. I mean, that's thirty or forty percent of my paycheck. I'll donate a hundred dollars to this guy to be able to have him win, attempt to get rid of the income tax, and literally get myself more than $100 a week.
2: Well, don't forget, too, it's not just your paycheck. It's everything, you know, there's taxes on what you buy. It's taxes on what you make. It's it's taxes on what you win. It's taxes on what you inherit. Every time they get up in the morning and flush the toilet, (laughs) they're taxed. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, Arnold Schwarzenegger surely does not have to be the man telling you about this. We are being raped. I mean, that's the thing. If you
1: invest, if you spend money on Raw Paul now, you'll make that money back if he gets elected. I mean, there's there's no if, ands, or asses about it. You're yeah. going to get that money back if he gets elected. You're going to get it back tenfold just from the elimination of the income tax in general. You're going to be getting that
2: money back. i tell you it's truth, Ben, You know, and, and not to call out Charles. I mean, Charles is one of he's one of my best friends, and he, I respect him more than almost any human walking the earth that I've ever met. But it surprises me that anybody, especially a, a guy of his intelligence, um, just doesn't you know doesn't actually support Ron Paul. Just thinking that, yes, I understand that nothing's going to get changed overnight. There's no way that we're going to take this country back in one night. There's no way that Ron Paul can save our country in one day or one week or even maybe one year. But the bottom line is that we have to change the direction that we're going in. I don't have to be the one telling you that. That's obvious. That's as obvious as it can get. Um, And I just feel, you know, my opinion is that Ron Paul is going to, be the guy to do that is you know, fix at least most of the things that we can fix start getting the money back in the hands of citizens stop the IRS from destroying our currency and printing up phony money and and you know maybe we can start regulating the Federal Reserve and get our money back into a gold standard I and mean, there's hundreds of problems other than that yeah um, you know not to mention the health care of our citizens like we always talk about in the show ben there's just so many things that are, we're in dire circumstances Dude, now. I will, I will, Truly dire circumstances. I will
1: stack a Ron Paul supporter against any other supporter out there. I don't care which candidate they're for. Ron Paul supporters are the smartest people out there. They know the issues better than anybody else, and they can explain themselves better than anybody else. I mean, you you look at you yes. look at Democratic candidates out there. Uh, half of these people can't understand. Look at the Obama girls. I mean, they have these hot twins on TV, and they can't even—they they don't even know where the hell the country is. I yeah. mean, they don't know who their congressman is. They yeah. don't know—they don't know crap, man. Yeah. But you look at the—you uh, know—Ron Paul supporters. They'll sit there and they'll—they'll they'll speak for hours on on what they know and and in terms of the Federal Reserve and the private organizations that run this country and and sort of the abuse of uh of every single facet of the of our government. And they'll talk about it till the end of the earth. You know? Yeah, well, I, I, mean, absolutely. They're, they're I mean, they're it's... brilliant
2: people. It, yeah, absolutely Ben, I agree and I, I think it's natural for people in this country to have that you know that that kind of team player attitude where it's like, yeah, you know, I want to I want to root for this team because this team re- best re- represents me and you know, I understand some people don't even know who Ron Paul is. Yeah, That's those
1: tabloid politics that Tim brought like, up. Guys, know? I mean, yeah,
2: and, and, and I mean not for nothing not to be that guy. But John Edwards and and Barack Obama, I mean, are there any other candidates besides Hillary Clinton that are Known for attack politics, I mean Edwards alone, Jonathan Edwards alone, in the last debate. Not, member, not, CFR uh, member. Well, I mean, look, yes, granted, Ben, I, I'm with you, but let's talk on the surface of the coin here. Not, I'm not talking about the past debate this Thursday. I'm talking about the debate, the the debate before that. How many times did John Edwards speak and just attack Hillary or attack this person or attack that? It's just every time. I don't care who you don't like Just as a candidate. I want to know what you're about and what you're going to do to change our country. Our country is being destroyed in every facet. If you don't care, if you don't believe it, fine. Then turn off your radio. Or turn off your computer. But it is. In every single facet our country is being destroyed just look around you just man. just look around look how much look how much
1: things are costing look how much gas is costing look how much everything is costing man everything all the prices for everything has risen I you're mean being just just raped. look around look at the sidepost at the signpost man it's 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 not good yeah, uh, people and, and look at
2: a sign these days people go to New Jersey and they see a sign for gas that's 270 uh, an ounce and I think it's a good thing we have a quick call coming in we have about one minute uh, call you' on the air on the air make it quick to oh, call. my goodness. Hold on a second. I have to accept the call. Caller, are you with us? Caller? Hello? Hello? Yes. Okay, you have 30 seconds, sir. Please make it quick. Go ahead. What's your name? Oh,
5: I'm sorry. I think I dialed the wrong number.
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, you listen. We'll s- we'll s- <laughs> what a way to end the show, Ben. We, uh, we really... We got s- a wrong number. You dude. know... I cannot wait, folks, to make the best of. We have a lot of great, good stuff to play for you. Jeez and, I, and uh, you know, uh, again, thanks for well, tuning I'll in, folks. i and ask her to call Andy. <laughs> All right. All right, we're out of time, All folks. right, folks. Once again, thank you. for, On the behalf of Ben Miller and uh, Anthony Pax and Paya, thank you for listening thank to the you. Animal Farm Radio Show. We'll see you next Friday night, 9 o'clock. Thanks again, folks. Thank you. Have a good Goodbye. weekend. Goodbye.
5: Stop.